0: The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live.
1: You can paint this with purple!
0: Now live from the Pirate Radio studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Welcome in to a Friday
1: edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Rock here with you inside the Pirate Radio studios coming to you today on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville. 104.1 in Washington. We're on 1250. We're on 930. We are live online at pr927fm.com. You can find us visually on Facebook Live and on YouTube. We got some Olympics going on on the television. some Mixed Doubles Badminton that Tony Dunn and I will be commenting on throughout the hour. Uh, But a big show today because it is Free Beer Friday. We'll be giving away a 12-pack of Bud Light Retro Summer Seltzers and a 12-pack of Bud Light Citrus uh, Variety Pack. And uh, along with that, a Bud Light shirt, hat, koozies, Pirate Radio shirt, and a large two-topping pizza from Domino's, all part of our Free Beer Friday giveaway, our last giveaway In the month of July, we'll do that today on Pirate Radio Live. It's also a special show because Wes Hines is producing today. Hello, Wes.
2: Hello, Clipper.
1: What's going on? Hey, man. You are. You are. Good to see (laughs) you. And uh, filling in for Shirley Rhodes, doing a great job. Also, Chan Man Chandler Honeycutt, here as well. Hello, Chan. What's up, Clipper? Looking uh, purple on a... Purple Friday. Purple, Purple Friday, baby. Showing your colors. I like it. Uh, and we are all set to go. Coming up on today's program at 4 o'clock, Donnie Kirkpatrick will join us, the offensive coordinator of the Pirates. We'll talk about the offseason. We'll go over each position room, talk QBs, running backs, wide receivers, O-line, with Donnie K. coming up at 4 o'clock. So get your, uh, your pens and paper ready and jot down some notes on what the the Dev chart and uh, what the season could look like on the offensive side of the ball when we talk to Donny K. coming up at 4 o'clock. At 4.30, Mark Greenhouse from the Golf Shop Radio Show will join us. We'll talk about uh, what's going on in the PGA Tour and also uh, what's going on in the Olympics uh, when it comes to golf. So Greeny will be here around 4.30. At 5 o'clock, the voice of Dottie Ficklin Stadium and Minji's Coliseum. Morgan Ayler's will be on the program, at an, and at around 5.30, we'll continue our ECU 2021 opponent previews with Wolo, Dave Woloshin. He is the voice of the Memphis Tigers. Hadn't uh, seen the Tigers on the schedule in a while, so we'll get a uh, crash course lesson on Memphis football 2021. We will kick it off with Tony Dunn from CountyCatChronicles.com on a football Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Remember we used to always say that, Tony? And now, starting really, I guess next month, it's football Friday editions until the end of the calendar year and beyond. Yeah, now it's, every day is going to be a football day soon. It is, and it's very exciting. Yesterday was the last Thursday with no football on for the entire rest of the year. That's an awesome way to phrase it. I Our do last that every Thursday year. Yeah. with no football. Now, look, next Thursday is going to come. It's going to be the Hall of Fame game. I'll turn it on a kickoff and probably. Flip it over to Big Brother. But there will be a football game on, and that's what matters. It makes you kind of just
3: feel good inside, yeah. like just knowing it's there. Even if you didn't watch all of it, just knowing it's there.
1: Yeah, exactly. And uh, we'll watch some plays. We'll see some guys that we've never heard of or remember in college. And it'll be a boring game, but it'll be football. And then the week after that, I know Washington is playing New England on a Thursday. I don't know who the Panthers open up with free, uh, preseason-wise, but every team will get underway in a couple of weeks. So Yep.
3: Yeah, I mean, and then we gotta get used to the new preseason, right? One shortened game. So it'll be kind of interested to see how that adjusts, like, the playtime for players as right. well as evaluation. Because it was always
1: traditionally week three. Yeah. You'd see the guys get the most work. Is that week two now? Is it still week three? I would imagine it would be the one sandwiched in the middle, game two.
4: So when it first came out that they were gonna shorten the preseason, at first I was like, why just cut it to one game? But if you think about it, it actually is a big difference when it comes to playing time for these players that are trying to make a roster and for the starters, the the know-it the know starters for the team. So um, one, one less game in the preseason can be a big impact for the guys uh, trying to make the roster.
3: Panthers play all AFC teams in the preseason. They open with uh, the Colts on August 15th. To, they have a joint practice week with, and then the next week they play the Ravens. And uh,
4: also a joint practice week. Right? Yeah,
3: and then finish with the Steelers. And I feel like the Steelers have always been the team we played a lot in the in the preseason.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Not the typical Patriots game here, though. Uh, saving
1: that for the regular season. Yeah, the cam uh, return. All right, pop up the rundown for us, Chandler, and uh, let's uh, sure let's go non NFL items for a few minutes before we dive into everything going on with training camps and and uh, and whatnot. But uh, Tony, conference realignment, uh, the Oklahoma. There's like a there's new speculation every day. There's also new real news every day, and today that real news is Texas and Oklahoma have accepted the invitation to the SEC. They keep throwing out that 2025 date that that's when the grant of rights contract ends with the Big 12. So the thought is we're going to join us. Right when that's over, we're in the SEC in the summer of 2025. There is a thought that they could just pony up some cash, buy their way out of that, and move before. I tend to think that'll happen, but... At the very latest, Oklahoma and Texas will be in the Southeastern Conference uh, fall 2025, I guess.
3: Yeah, these things are, you know, complicated and complex when you start to think about the TV, right? Like you said, these agreements with the the conference that they're in, and now the SEC is slated to become the super conference if it already wasn't, right? (laughs) I mean, it's good Lord, and we could almost just watch all SEC all season.
1: If I'm, uh, let's do this with other sports. If I'm the NFC East, I'm looking to add the Bucks. I'm looking to add, like we want the best division in football. Like if we could football. kick out
3: the Falcons and get the <laughs>
1: Packers, <laughs> who are y'all adding to the South? Right. We're gonna get the Packers in there. So, uh, the, the
4: ones leaving the South to go to the NFC East would be what the the Bucks and the Saints, really, right?
3: Well, currently that's yeah. who we want. Yeah, we want those teams. Yeah, right now both of those teams are, you know. Um, I guess, the odds for them to win the division. Tampa Bay, obviously, is the easy pick when it comes to bringing back all the starters and the Saints with their history of success. But But
1: they got some quarterback questions. Uh, And the
3: NFC South has historically been one that's just difficult to maintain that kind of... um, New winner every year type of
1: thing. This
4: whole offseason, when I think about the Saints or talk about the Saints with other people, I have to stop myself and go, oh, wait, they don't have Drew Brees. Instead, they have Jameis Winston, who's trying to make another life of himself in the NFL, and maybe Taysom Hill. So, who knows?
1: I like that I said we were going to go away from NFL and just went right back into it. (laughs) We're fired up for some NFL. Uh, But that was the news today regarding OU and Texas. Uh, All right, let's go to MLB trade deadline. I know I'm going to miss a million of these things. It actually has impacted your two teams more than anybody from a seller standpoint. Chandler's Nationals are down to zero players. Tony, you might have a few Cubs left. Maybe. Who? The latest news, though, Javi Baez to the Mets is reportedly going to get done. Is Contreras still on the team? Isn't his name? I uh, have not
3: seen his name right. in a deal. I don't know if I'm going to know any players left on the Chicago Cubs. Baez, um, I mean everybody's gone. I guess maybe Chris Bryant is still. They're still waiting to well, deal him, or did they?
1: That, that's a great point because his name—he was scratched from the lineup yesterday, and we saw Rizzo uh, go to the Yankees. Yeah, but Bryant—I haven't seen his name involved with the team.
3: No, and he was the one for years we've been or not for years, but he's had problems with the uh, Cubs in the in his deal. Remember he went to like arbitration or he, like almost sued <laughs> sued them over how they were like sending him to the minor league to extend his rights and some things. And then yeah, all the guys Schwarber is now with the Nationals and you no, know he's like, not. Because yep. he got traded he got the rid- Red Sox. Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. Breaking news, Tony <laughs> Dunn. Breaking news. But he like, was
1: there for less of a season. The entire Tony, we got rid of so many people.
3: The entire team from last year was already kind of blown up to a certain degree in prior to this season. And the remaining fire sale has been completed or is in completion right now. Kind of reminds you a little bit of the Hurricanes.
1: A small move, maybe we'll have time to talk about that, too. Um, a small move the Cubs made to kind of get it going was Jock Peterson to the Braves. Yep. Uh, Javi Baez and Rizzo, the hammers there. But even Craig Kimbrell, who kind of you know resurfaced as an elite closer there in Chicago, stays in Chicago, just goes across town to the White Sox. Uh, I did misspeak, Chandler. You do have one player left, and that's Juan Soto, who's looking around. Who's saying,
4: probably going to be looking to be Mr. National after – the Mr. National of the day, Ryan Zimmerman leaves. I think Juan Soto. We're going to look to have him for a very long time, if not his whole career. But you see guys like Trey Turner leave along with Max Scherzer to the Dodgers. It's disgusting! It's just absolutely disgusting. Uh, you have Daniel Hudson who got the, uh, recorded the last out of the World Series. Uh, he's heading to the Padres uh, now. Today, Josh Harrison and also Jan Gomes, who were well, Yan Gomes was a part of that World Series championship team, not Josh Harrison, but. Um, Josh Harrison just recently acquired by the Nationals. They're off, um, and I'm not sure where they they're going. But um, I think Oakland got
1: those two. Yeah, Oakland. Uh, yeah, Oakland.
4: Two. So it's rebuild time for for the Nationals. And I was talking to somebody yesterday, and they're like, you know, sorry this is happening. And I'm like, well, it, is, it it sucks to see these players that made such a big impact in your franchise go elsewhere. It, but it, it's time to rebuild and, and look for the future. It really
1: does bring up the, the question, you know. How long of a grace period do you have after a World Series? Because the Cubs... hundred years? The, <laughs> it depends on the you ask, right? The Cubs finally got their World Series, and now, Tony, they are clearly going a re- in rebuilding. Yeah, right? and we're competitive for a few years
3: after that, yeah. too.
1: Is, and, but Baez, and, the and Mets are getting a player, and Baez, dude, God,
3: he's an awesome baseball player.
1: Theirs was weird, too, because Rizzo and Bryant were, like, young, up-and-coming yeah. stars at that point And they were, oh, this is one of several... And it uh, just never happened. But you got that one. And then for the Nationals, kind of a different feel. Like it, y'all went on that magical run, what, the second half of 2019? We
4: started the year 19-31. and 31.
1: Yeah. Oh, good and, Lord. And then went on a run in the playoffs. and Made the wild card and then basically... So, but but it didn't real really story. feel like they were going to be an elite team for years. No. You know what I'm saying? Whereas the Cubs, it kind of did. So two different scenarios there, but... That's two teams that won a World Series in the last handful of years that are now going to be really bad uh, the next two or three years. It's all about
3: pitching, man. That's what it comes down to. And you hear about all these offensive players going to other teams is that the teams that are competitive have had pitchers that have been just crushing it all
1: season. Well, on that note, Steven Strasburg is still a national. He's still a national, um, but still
4: has battled injury his whole career. career. Um, But since the World Series, the nationals have – not been as good, or actually, they weren't. They weren't that good the year that they went and won the World Series, and since then we haven't we haven't shown that we can get back there. Um, so, I mean, it's time to rebuild. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you're starting to see it. Then Stephen Igo was on the show earlier this week, and he even mentioned that our farm system was not the best. In fact, I think it was ranked 29th in the league. Uh, when it comes to talent in the farm system. So I think we're trying to get uh, back to where we can have great prospects. I think in that deal with Max Scherzer and Trey Turner, I think we got two of the top prospects in their farm system in Los Angeles. So, um, yeah, the rebuild
5: is on.
3: It's tough for the fans a little bit, though, as I know that these things are necessary, but there's kind of been a sentiment um, where it's kind of like the money ball version of roster deals in a way, and it just makes it hard for a fan to – Know the team the next year when you don't know anyone, and like I was mentioning with the Hurricanes, there the movement that they had, it's like the guys that the kind of staple names aren't going to be there. So you got a lot to learn, not only a lot to look forward to, hopefully, but a lot of players to learn.
1: Yeah, I I don't follow hockey enough to, but I feel like in the Canes situation, they had a good young core of guys, and the thought was they were going to keep them together for a while, and that is not the case. In the baseball the baseball deal, and the Braves went through a rebuild a few years ago, and then we saw the the reward of it with Acuna and Albies and, and all those guys. I feel like fans, and I'm judging this off like, social media and people I talk to, fans are more on board now with just blowing it up, especially in baseball. I know it sucks, but... Yeah, it's become more of the culture, I think. And, it, it, yeah, it's just reality now that if you're not a true contender and you're not a perennial playoff team, the best thing you can do is stock your farm system, say we're going to stink the next three to five years, and then hope to be really good for three to five years. And that is the cycle that teams are going through right now. Nationals and Cubs are about to start that process. The Orioles are in that process. The Rangers are in the process. And... And then you've got teams like the Yankees and the Dodgers who never really do that no. because they can always just buy players to come in. So
5: It's it's
4: crazy talking to MLB nuts, and I know a few. And a lot of MLB fans, that's what they look forward to is their farm system. They they would rather talk about the prospects that they have in the farm system than the actual team that's on the field for them in, in the in the big leagues.
3: God bless.
1: you got to love some baseball to do
3: that. <laughs> <Right.
5: laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, so it has been a wild MLB trade day deadline and things still ongoing we'll update you if uh, anything else pops was well, probably something we'll um when does, uh, when, the does next hour. End? when does it ever end that is the uh, the question you're talking about the, the world or the dre right. deadline uh
4: yeah when is the deadline, deadline? <laughs> when is the deadline for mlb and
1: the world <laughs> <laughs>
5: and the world when is
1: the deadline of the deadline uh four o'clock today at 4 o'clock. Oh, wow. Now, we see moves, like news come out after 4 o'clock, but as long as the deal... Remember the... Um, it was a Broncos player. It was Elvis Dumerville.
3: Okay. I do remember I him. Do. I remember But him. I don't remember what happened. And oh, he went to the Ravens, I think.
1: Because, like, the facts didn't go through in time or something? Oh, yeah, that's
3: right. <laughs> it didn't go through, and it was the...
1: Uh, I think it was with the Ravens, the deal was. The Denver Broncos... Uh, Asked uh, Okay, the Denver Broncos asked Doomerville to take a pay cut. He would make $8 million instead of $12 million. Dumerville agreed, needed his agent, Marty whatever, to fax over the new deal, and he either didn't fax it or the fax didn't come in in time, and then he became a Baltimore Raven. Okay, yeah. So those fax machines, they received the fax at 4.06 p.m. I guess the deadline was 4 o'clock, so you got to get that fax. I know, in, man. Have you guys ever heard of, like, email? Uh, no, sports is uh, way behind the times when it comes to things like this. <laughs> they still do uh, faxes for signing day in, uh, <laughs> at college football. So that fax machine still uh, it looks like a dinosaur in the office, but it still gets used in sports. Don't settings. leave the paper out in the sun. It'll disappear. <laughs> All right. Uh, fine. Oh, NBA draft. Uh-huh. Yep. Exciting time. I know. I refuse to get excited. Like I wanted the Hornets to get Malik Monk. I was super excited. He didn't do anything until this last year really so i've been burned at times but it, it does feel like the hornets got a good haul last night with James Booknight and, Booknight, uh, say his name. Booknight Booknight I I'm going with
4: Booknight Booknight
1: Or uh, at least that's how i've heard it Apparently say.
4: Booknight was a top 5 top 6 prospect was not expecting to fall to 11 to the hornets Uh, I did see a tweet where the Hornets were going to go with the guy they got at 19, Kai uh, Jones, Jones at 11. So Booknight fell to 11. They got Booknight. Then they traded up to 19 with, I believe, the Knicks. I can't remember who they traded up The Knicks traded
1: back three or four times last night.
4: And so they got the guy that they wanted originally in Kai Jones. So uh, a lot of happy uh, Hornets fans on Twitter last night. They also
1: got some super long athletic dude named Thor.
4: Oh yes, I, and that was from the rights for uh, Detroit Pistons. Yeah, I did see that. So
1: uh, that like guy's jersey, it. yeah, kind of kind of JP Thor, right
4: right yeah, like that.
1: and like yeah, I like the way he plays. I'm excited about him actually. So uh, this is the Mellow effect, though. You know, is that uh, clip? I
3: know you're kind of like you're trying to refuse to get too excited too early, but the mellow, since Mellow has worked out so well in his first season, yeah. there's a kind of excitement that we have a budding superstar right there, and then and then you pair young talent with him, and, uh, you know, that's where I think a lot of this optimism comes from. It's amazing that
1: everything comes back to him. You draft a guard and you say, can you imagine a backcourt with Book Knight and Lamelo?" Then you draft a big man. Can you imagine him throwing bobs? Yeah. Like everything circles back to the rookie of the year in uh, 2021. LaMelo Ball. We
4: talked about it off the air earlier today, but there was a tweet last night, and it kind of makes me raise my eyebrows, but LaMelo Ball already has the weapons that
1: Kemba Walker never had in Charlotte. Before he plays the second season. And and more star power right now. It's, I mean, it's so true, early, right?
4: I would think so. Man. Looking at the highlights I mean, of the book night, the way he's athletic, he's, he finishes at the rim, and he's a two guard, or I, I guess he's a two guard. Their best team was
1: Kemba and Al Jefferson, yeah. and who else was there?
4: Can't tell, I mean, I can t- I can name off Gerald Henderson, but he wasn't an impact player. I can't I can't name off anybody else.
1: Courtney Lee was Courtney their other
4: Lee.
3: guard.
1: Uh, uh, they had Zeller. They had did they Dick have the,
3: um, the
1: Asian kids? Josh McRae. dad oh, they had Jeremy Lin that year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, they have already with Gordon Hayward and uh, Terry Rozier and. Uh, we're still old now I hope that they got something with Bridges in Washington too right look at this yeah. horse's hair clip. that's got a it's got a fly do um we have now switched to equestrian, <laughs> equestrian. on the television and it looks like I got flat. It kind of like a cornrow <laughs> like one single cornrow down the back and uh there you go alright uh last topic is the Olympics Tony Dunn have you watched any this week no. Other than when... I, oh, I was watching just uh, badminton just yeah. now, China on China. Other when, I, other than when I'm on the air at Pirate Radio, I have not flipped on the Olympics, other than that softball right. game I bet on. I heard that the
3: women's three-woman three basketball, they won the gold. The
1: three-on-three,
3: three. yeah. I almost called it three-man, but that would be incorrect.
1: That's like when I do uh, PA for softball, and I was saying... At the uh, this man up. in the top of the second, uh, two runs on two hits, three men left on base, <laughs> and I said it a couple of times. I was like, "Wait, I was like, what do I say here?" Three, and I just would say three left on base. So yep, yeah, that's smart, good catch. And when you do uh, basketball, um, the uh, the women's team is playing man to man defense right now. Oh, really? But they're playing woman-to-woman defense. <laughs> woman-to-woman,
2: yeah, exactly.
1: Wes, uh, how much Olympics have you been watching, man?
2: Very, very little. <laughs> I can tell you that right now.
1: Yeah, I figured.
3: Why are we so unexcited about it?
2: I mean, it, it's so far away, and by the time you watch it, it may have already been done as pre-taped. The time yeah.
1: part, I think, is a big deal. There was okay.
4: actually last week that I it was on Channel 5. It was USA and it was whoever they played and lost to. I thought they had another game against them. Come to find out, it was the game that they had already played. You thought they had a rematch? I thought he had a rematch in the game. <laughs> and I was like, I told Dad, I said, hey, I, they're playing again. He was like, I'm pretty sure that's the rerun. So, so I'm like, why would they put it
6: on Channel
5: 5?
1: So how much my dad did I pay for your college education?
5: <laughs>
3: Do you think also that there's no fans there kind of has generated less excitement? Maybe.
5: Yeah, I, I
1: will absolutely. say, overall... And, Wes, uh, last, I guess it was two weeks ago, I watched SmackDown and I watched uh, Money in the Bank just yes. because fans returned. Right. I can't watch wrestling without fans. It's hard to watch other things without fans. But fans being there definitely impacts my ability to enjoy an event, Tony Dillon, so.
2: I have to agree with you on that because um, with, with all those screens, yeah. it, 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 just, it, it was the boringest three hours to watch w- with screens.
1: I couldn't do it. So uh, now the fans are back. Uh, yes, I'm back in. AEW right. actually had a show in North Carolina this week. Oh, is that right? Was Charlotte? Charlotte, I believe? Mm. Yeah. And Raw is coming to it's Raleigh. Raleigh. Mm-hmm. Is that August or
3: September? I
2: believe it's September.
3: Yeah. None of it is exciting as that event we talked about a couple of weeks that's going to have a mix of old Sergeant Slaughter and...
5: Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a... Um, a convention going on in the tri- right, yeah. in Raleigh. and Shirley ran down the list West and it was like Million Dollar Man, Sergeant Slaughter. It was all the classics uh, that are gonna oh. be there. Alright, uh, also and we'll take a break, Wes, takes the break, but uh there's a uh, you know, Barstool does the rough and rowdy where they have the fights. Did you see that Adam Pacman Jones is in the main event? Oh wow for the next rough to and rest for him. No, I would not Uh, He's taking on their champion in rough and rowdy. So uh, I'm not going to pay for it, but I'll try to find a way to watch it. I'll put it that way. All right, let's take a timeout. We'll come back. We'll see what's going on in Carolina Panthers land. Uh, We've got a big injury to a quarterback that gets injured quite a bit. And uh, more NFL news and notes when we return on Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this
4: here with Carolina Caliber. In 1960, my granddaddy started his firearm business
7: right here in eastern NC. Still family owned and on...
0: to Hour 1 of Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make $1,000 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive, a better donor experience and better pay. Now, back to the show.
2: As summer temperatures rise, water is a great way to cool down, North Carolina State Parks would like to remind you to cool down at our freshwater swim areas and beach access locations. But please remember a few pointers for safety: always swim with a buddy. Do not do not allow anyone to swim alone. Swim in designated areas supervised by lifeguards. Do not trust a child's life to another child. Never leave a young child unattended near water, even when. With all the water ground, dehydration can happen. Avoid swim cramps by drinking plenty of water regularly, like I do. Every, Even if you're not thirsty, cool down.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: so, cool, wait.
2: Cool. No, so, let me finish this. Okay, go
1: ahead. Cool
2: down at your favorite North Carolina State Parks. Check out ncparts.gov and... <laughs> <laughs> and blend your escape from the heat today. All right. Well, <laughs> uh, no, that was a good one. I couldn't help that. I I had to do that. because.
1: So, yeah. He, he's drank like nine. Oh, nine, you did bring in these yes. giant bottles of water. Yes.
2: I drink 12 bottles a day.
1: 12. 12 of
2: those? Of those, yes. yes. Good grief. Yeah. That's a good uh, thing. Uh, you got
3: some healthy kidneys, man.
2: Um. Well, I don't know if you I know his medical. Oh, I do not. <laughs> you do not want to know. Oh, okay.
5: Yeah,
2: uh, uh, let's put it to you this way: most folks' is uh, uh, prostate is the size of a walnut. Mine's the size of a watermelon. <laughs> I've seen a CT scan.
1: Oh Lord, So, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, but you doing all right right now, Wes? Yeah.
2: With? Lost, lost half my uh, intestines uh, or my colon. For colon cancers? Mm.
3: My God! No kidney problems there, right? Or else
1: I really just nope. stumbled on.
2: I mean, I'd, um, I had uh, kidney stones a couple of years ago. But that's okay. already been solved. So, hey, you
1: good. you're uh, you're doing a great job here. And I love the the tip there. Uh, even if you're not thirsty, keep hydrating.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. With
1: what's, uh, with what's Especially if, if you, you take That's the problem with everybody.
4: If I like, well, I'm not thirsty. I'm not going to drink water. Still drink water. Drink Especially your water.
3: if you're out on the canoe.
5: Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, Wes. A few a few weeks ago,
4: I was filling in for the lovely Shirley Rhodes. Right. And I uh, came across Canoe. You can read a Canoe at NC State Parks. Yeah. And uh, my mind read it as Canoe.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy.
1: So, there you go. So,
2: uh, we're in the same boat. We get things wrong. Yeah, we're in the same oh, yeah. Canoe together.
1: <laughs> Tony, will you be my swimming buddy?
3: <laughs> Two men, one Canoe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. There you go. I don't know if anybody wants to share a canoe with me. I might tip that baby over. Yeah, sit in the back. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, low rider. All right. Um, where were we? We're talking Pantherland. All right. What's going on in Pantherland? What are the storylines at uh, training camp?
4: First of all, we're back at Walford because I don't believe we were there last year. So Correct. It's great to be back on the beautiful campus of Walford College.
1: Um, also Sand- the hottest place on earth. Yes, Chandler's the biggest company man for the Panthers I've ever heard in my life. Now he's like, beautiful, Wofford, great to be back. It is
2: beautiful. Okay. I've been there. It's Last great. Last year he
1: was like, so nice, we're finally not in Wofford, but not
5: taking heat. But, no, but listen, listen, like
4: they have a great, uh, a bunch of partnerships with like Lowe's and stuff, so they have really done a great job of making it. Um, basically like a garden there. Like, it's, it's amazing how the field looks and, like, it's got to be a great recruiting pitch for people for, like, going to Wofford.
3: I don't know how that is a pitch, but, um, it's the Garden of Football Eden
1: right there. No. Okay, Cliff's not having this. You
3: know, the good thing
5: here. I'm just
1: fascinated by uh, every way Chandler can spin positivity to the Panthers. What
4: I'm saying is... I wish
1: I could do that. I'm so old, jaded, cynical about my team, I would never speak like this. This
4: is why I say
1: this, because we're back to
4: some sort of
3: normalcy. That's good, for now. All right, I'm going to knock on this wood table right here, because the... Number one storyline coming out of the Carolina Panthers training camp so far. as we, Dave as, Newton, no, no injuries. As we look around the league and we see some of the headlines popping up today, and even I brought them up to you off the air, then you reference somebody on your team who's already struggling with some sort of injury. Right now the Carolina Panthers, I have not seen their name on any of these reports. And mm-hmm. also I think the other good thing is I think the Panthers – are among one of the top vaccinated uh, teams mm-hmm. with players, even though Denzel Perryman, we actually know, they said that 93% of the Carolina Panthers are vaccinated and Denzel Perryman is not. He came out and said that today. So we, I almost think we can probably calculate exactly how many players are left that are unvaccinated. But we, as we hear COVID numbers, I guess, or COVID again in the news a lot, Panthers injury-free. Seems like all the players who are supposed to be participating or there and that is the exciting
1: news. Um I, I saw something earlier this week of Matt Rules comments on Sam Darnold and I guess it's just the way our brains work these days that we assume everything's like negative drama something like when I read it I was like well that seems kind of harsh but so his quote was talking about Darnold I guess Sam Darnold recently got vaccinated right correct yeah um, and he was asked about I guess being a vocal leader with the team and uh rules say, quote, Sam's twenty three years old. He just need, he has to worry about playing quarterback right now. Uh we've got great leaders. We got Chris McCaffrey, Matt uh Paratus. 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 Well, no, actually I have no idea how to say it. Paratus. Paratus. Yeah. We've got DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson's a vocal leader. That's interesting. He is. Dan Arnold has called a vocal oh, leader. Wow. wow. He says we got all these veteran guys that have played a lot. Uh, he's not completely off the hook when it comes to being a, a team leader. think actions speak louder than words. Uh, he talked about him. What he needs to do is be the first guy in the building, the last to leave. So I guess he was just answering a question about being a vocal leader, which I will admit is a, is a fallback, a crutch for us media guys at Media Day, at Fall Camp, when we say, Coach, who are your, your leaders this year? He was asked about. Samurai. Well, there
3: is some background to this story a little bit, and it all kind of circles back to David Newton, right? And so, Who um, was a reporter. Yes, he was the, the ESPN reporter. Shockingly, still. Yes, actually, no, it's not shocking. Now it gets more clicks than anybody. Uh, like in the whole company, he's like the company leader probably in clicks because of all the, they'll mis- never mis- let him go. <laughs> right. So, uh, but originally when, um, players were, the vaccination protocols were put in for the NFL, two players, uh, that got some attention, uh, nationally from the Carolina Panthers was, uh, Christian McCaffrey and Sam Darnold, both who said that they had yet decided if they were going to get the vaccination. They're trying to think through these things, and immediately people are like, "Why aren't you doing it right away? Why aren't you doing?" It? You know. So that's one of the background stories. The next part is that they're talking to Sam Darnold, and it was clear that he was in the second phase of his vaccination process. And David Newton asked him in the very beginning of the interview that if he would talk about the, you know, the COVID, the vaccine, why he chose to get it, and and Sam Darnold said, "I'm not going to talk about COVID at all." And then uh later in the interview, Sam Darnold's, like, uh, talking about leadership and some different things. He was asked about that. And David queues back in. And he says, so since you, as a leader, how do you think you should think about this COVID vaccination? Do you got anything to say? So he circled back and uh, threw a haymaker. Yeah. And then that's where Matt Rule comes out later. And every time someone says this right in the beginning, you're surprised a little bit kind of like how he angled toward the leadership thing. Yeah. The very first thing of the, is he's 23. Every time I hear that, that's ridiculous. It's crazy how young he is. By the way, the the story said in parentheses he actually turned twenty four. Twenty four. Okay, <laughs> so, by
5: that
8: just the point.
3: Uh, long in the tooth now. But um, one of the things I like about the statement from Matt Rule is is that there was yeah, certainly there's the pressure of being quarterback is the pressure that Matt Rule was putting on him right now, and from a player who was one of the you know a top draft pick for the New York Jets in a very difficult media market on a team that was very bad with a lot of pressure on him. You know, I think Matt Rule is trying to, you know, um, make this less – make it more Ease simple. Ease the pressure. Make, yeah. it,
1: make it simpler. Saying that you just be your quarterback, we don't – because a lot of times you look at the quarterback to be your not only offensive leader but team leader. He's basically and saying, look, I'm, we have leaders. That right. If I'm one. Sam
4: Darnold, I look around at my receiving room, and I'm I, the pressure's off of me immediately. Already, yeah. I, I look at my running back room, and I'm like, the pressure's off of me immediately.
1: <laughs> I love the idea of uh, Robbie Anderson being the guy that everybody needs to get behind and listen to.
3: He was voted as the – we're well, not voted, but Some, they said the funniest guy in the locker room. Yeah,
1: so,
4: somebody said today on Twitter I saw a comment – and said Robbie Anderson seems unhappy, and a bunch of people responded to that tweet and said that's just how he is. Yeah. Like that's literally
1: his persona. What's
3: that bear doing? <laughs>
1: What's that bear doing? All right, so uh, you got that in Pantherland. Susan said, "Idiot rule! If he calls you a leader, you'll be cut next season."
4: Oh, she's right. <laughs> well, he does to have a
3: good death kiss to him a yeah. little he bit, and he praises you a little bit too much. Watch out! He's yeah. done it
4: to already well, two no. quarterbacks, right? Well, did he do it with Teddy? Because now him and... Yes.
3: and he, Cam. But, That's what I'm saying. Yeah.
4: But see, now, the thing with Teddy is that he gave him a kiss to death, but then they got to where they were like, you know, like basically were open about how they were not happy with him. Yeah. yeah.
3: Did, did you see the Teddy Bridgewater comment this week?
1: No. Oh man, oh something about he was in a jungle or something. Oh yeah, (laughs) and he and it's just he's gonna come out. You put me in the jungle. I'm gonna come out with a a fur coat and a headband made of leaves. Yeah. How
3: does that (laughs) work? Somebody made a picture of it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, Of course they did. I think
4: he got into some. Stuff in Colorado. Peyote? Maybe.
1: <laughs> Colorado. kush. Yeah. How do you make a headband out of leaves? I want to figure you braid out. it out. I guess you can tie the
3: like stems a, together. What are the. Uh, a laurel is that? Okay. Isn't that. A laurel is that little thing you put on your head made of, like, olive leaves or something to that effect? Interesting. Olive, why
1: you talk. No, don't you don't even need to. All right, uh, any other Panthers news and notes? I mentioned um, that from a Washington perspective, I'm excited about diami Brown and some of his highlights. How about, like, like the Marshall kid at receiver or any, any rookies? He actually
4: had – well, he's coming off – I don't think he played at all last year. I think he sat out due to COVID uh, at LSU last year. He's got a little bit of rust. He was dropping passes on the first day of training camp, which I saw, but apparently he's bounced back in the past couple of days catching balls from Sam Darnold. Are you talking uh, about
3: Terrence Marshall, Jr.? Yes. Yeah, and uh, Bill Vos put out a tweet yesterday, or maybe Darren Gant, said, you know, you don't want to get too excited too quick on day two or three of practice, but yeah. a little Moussin Muhammad-type
5: player yeah, to it.
1: I get it because I do that accidentally, too. I always compare right. an old guy to a new guy, but... That's that's it, we shouldn't do that really. Right.
3: JC, especially one so, you know, important in in Carolina. If anybody's probably upset about their number being worn, it would be him more so <laughs> Greg yeah. Olson. But uh J C Horn goes first interception today. Yep. Yeah. Um and you I think um you know we haven't heard a lot about Chris McCaffrey in this camp at all. Just that That's he good, is right? focused and zoned in. And, and how do you how do running backs really shine in a in a time where I you did, don't tackle?
4: I did see a video of him shaking uh, Shaq Thompson out of his shoes.
1: Not surprising,
4: right? But uh, surprising. Jeremy Chin is moving to the safety position full time.
1: Yes, um, I saw that he's going by the nickname Little LeBron. I saw that. I'm not paying attention. I don't to think.
3: That. Uh, he's i don't, not acknowledging that. No. I don't think he's going by that name. I think no, uh, Dante Jackson teammate. called him yeah. that. Okay.
4: Because um, so he's a three. But Jimmy greatest, Chin had yeah. an interception yesterday. They could at least call
3: him Bronny. Double chin. Yeah. I like. I like Chin check. I like Chin check. Chin sanity. Chin sane. <laughs> chin <Chin-sanity. laughs> sanity. Chin sane in the membrane.
4: a training camp darling for the past few seasons. Omar Bayless. Is also trying to make the roster. He's been, he's made a name for himself the past couple of training camps, and he burned um, JC Horn, Horn. Yep. in a seven-on-seven, seven, which there would have been safety help there uh, if it was a regular, you know, regular game situation. Uh, but Omar Bayless is still showing that he can make an NFL roster.
1: Um, uh, Cam watch 2021. Former Panther Cam Newton walked on the field at training camp alone. Without the rest of his teammates, Tony, would you like to address that?
3: Yeah, he was the first one on the field. No, he actually, wasn't. this is what Chandler then tried to tell me later: is that Mac Jones was on the field before him. He was. How do you know? I didn't because see that. Because I saw Twitter.
4: It was <laughs> on Twitter. I
3: didn't see the picture.
4: I saw it was a video. All right, so it was a video of Mac Jones <laughs> running on the field. Actually, he started with that weird, awkward walk that he had in oh, the yeah. draft, the, and then uh, it
3: turned—birthing hips. Yeah, walk. and it then looks it like he's, well, then then turned into like a little walk. jog.
4: Then it turns, and he's wearing number 50. And it's like, this is the weirdest thing. He's wearing the jersey number 50. Why? I have no idea. He's going to
3: play two positions. But oh.
4: anyway, so, <laughs> and the thing is, oh, and we were talking about David Newton a while ago. You know, he's come out and said that Sam Darnold is on, He's like the first on the field. The quarterbacks are the first on the field. When Cam Newton spent most of his time in the locker room stretching.
3: Yeah. What and, is
4: this uh, problem with Cam Newton? Why think? can't he just
1: because shut up? Because it gets clicks and it gets comments. And my comment about Cam walking out alone was I was pretending to be one of those internet yeah. troll guys. Yeah, you were pretending what to be David Newton. Nobody cares about, like, your guard uh, having great protection all day of practice. They want to know about Cam Newton. I already saw a video this week of him doing his own stretches off to the side while his team was warm, like lined up. I know. I have one person comes out and says, "Does Cam, you know, everybody else
3: on the team stretching Cam not?" And somebody goes, "You're right." And he was doing these roca- rotator, rotator cuff, cuff. things. And he was like, "You're right. A guy who's had injury problems in the past probably shouldn't be stretching his rotator cuff more than the regular guys." Um, I did see that Cam Newton and Mac Jones look both are, are both looking good in camp. And I wanted to go back one last thing from David Newton. Did you see, and you guys have probably already talked about it this week, the picture he put up, and he said that uh, Christian McCaffrey, the first in the building, and it wasn't Christian McCaffrey. Yes,
4: we talked about
5: this you know, <laughs> earlier this
4: week. And But, you know, I'm sitting here trying to think, is he joking? I want to think that he's joking. I hope that he's joking, because if he's not, then, dude, really I, um, the guy I, looked nothing like
3: C-Max. I want to get him on the show. I want him on my podcast, and I will ask him, is this, is this a, for sure? Is that accidental, or do you, uh, do you do this intentionally? And Pat Coltrane, who has a YouTube channel for the Panthers, like a Panthers channel like mine, he made a joke that he said uh, David Newton saw the first white guy with good calves and assumed it was Christian
1: McCaffrey. Uh, yeah, you know, at Pirate Radio, if we if we did that, if we... Said hold nailers, uh, you know, first on the field, and it's Tyler Sneed. Yeah, we would get a lot of comments, a lot of attention about that, uh, more so than if we got it correct. Maybe so we're maybe, there's maybe a we're going
3: all about this the whole the whole wrong way.
1: Yeah, we, we could be. By the way, fourteen seconds ago, Pro Football Talk uh, put out a story on Twitter. Says, uh, what about a story? Cam Newton has been a great teammate, according to Mac Jones. <laughs> like I don't know. Hey, click on it if you'd like to read about that. Guess
4: who else said that about it? Uh, Everybody. Every single Justin person. Fields
1: said that about Andy Dalton. Yeah. like yeah. Well, and also every person has said that about Cam, too. All right. Uh, let's take a timeout. We'll come back. We'll wrap up hour number one, talk more NFL news and notes. Stop me if you've heard this before. Carson Wentz is injured.
4: Oh, my God. You're kidding.
1: I am not. Is Jacoby Brissett still on that roster? We'll look at the other Colts QBs. And uh talk more NFL news and notes when we return on Pirate Radio Live. Got Donnie Kirkpatrick coming up at four o'clock. Stick around for that as well. We're back after this. <laughs>
0: Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make $1,000 your very first month donating plasma at Gripple's Biomat USA. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. A better donor experience and better pay. Now, back to the show. Did you
2: miss a show on Pirate Radio? Listen to all the Pirate Radio's archived local programming by subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe today by going to the podcast app, on your iPhone or Apple device, and search for Pirate Radio Audio Archives. Now back to the show. Here is Cliff Brock
1: And Wes, we can add Spotify to that as well. uh, We have recently made it available on uh, Spotify, so you can hear Holden Aylers and Troy D. Holden Aylers uh, was on the Pirate Radio podcast recently. You can download that one. Also, Phil Steele. Join Troy D. So a couple of new Pirate Radio podcasts out there to get you ready for the upcoming East Carolina football season. Um, So that's presented by White Claw. Hard Seltzer also, speaking of White Claw, um, White Claw, the sponsor for Pirate Radio Trivia, which we had a new uh, episode released this week. So you can check that out on Facebook and on YouTube. Subscribe to Pirate Radio TV on YouTube for that. All right, we'll wrap up the hour talking more NFL, and we have a uh, another Carson Wentz injury. Uh, Carson Wentz is out indefinitely as he undergoes further testing for a foot injury that he suffered yesterday. Uh, so this is um, – th- uh, we always look at, too, like if this quarterback goes down, does this team still have a chance to make the playoffs? The Colts, I'm going to say no, Tony, because their backups – are Jacob Easton and Sam Ellinger. I mean, I think there were some question marks
3: with Carson Wentz at quarterback sure. <laughs> uh, after the season he had with they the They have was built like, a
1: good team around the quarterback position.
3: Yeah. Running. It sounds like a list. Like, I mean, you don't speculate on injuries, but
1: you just wins, want to kind of list Frank. Yeah.
3: Because it's cool to say.
1: You sound smart when you say it. You're right. And I actually know what it is. Did you go to the Liz Fair concert? No. Okay. I was just asking. No, it was Liz Fair. This figure okay. have Now you, you seen, pulled a Tony. You pulled a Tony. Have you seen a Woodstock '99 documentary on HBO? Max? No, but it looks it's scary, doesn't wild, it? Man. Isn't? I watched it last weekend. Because that's something you could have been trapped at yourself, huh? Like I mean, it's like being at. Oh yeah. End. Like like I I, I liked Limp Biscuit. I'm I'm kind of ashamed of it now, but like at the time I was all in. So it's it worth to watch. Yeah, yeah, okay. definitely, definitely. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, and I don't know I how much of old. the yeah how much of the musical acts you would be into, um, but the stories behind it there was some bad stuff that happened there. There was a stage set on fire by the yeah. end of it.
3: I mean, it turned into like a riot if I remember right. Yep, they had to
1: bring in the uh, the police and like a uh, FEMA had riots, to come out. <laughs> it was bad. Not a lot of not enough hydration going on because they sold four dollar waters. The kids that only wanted to drink beer and do drugs.
4: And people, and they weren't thirsty, and they thought, all right, I don't have to drink water if I'm not thirsty. Here's is. the thing. Drink water even if you're not thirsty.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, how do we get there from Carson Wentz? I don't know, but Carson Wentz is injured, Tony Dunn. Oh, it was Lil- Lilith Fair. <laughs>
5: yeah.
1: Liz Frank to Lilith Fair to and Woodstock And Curtis night. Samuel now.
3: Look, he's fine. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's he's fine.
1: Okay, he's okay. Are you sure? No, I'm not sure. He's already hurt. He was on the. He was put on the pub list, and then he was put on the COVID list. I don't know if the that was two separate incidences. I think it was. I think he had an injury, and then COVID. Uh, so not a great start, but. He's somebody Tony that uh you kind of went through this with in Carolina, right? Yeah. I mean, he
3: was I mean, his availability was he had a heart issue at one point, you know, hamstrings, uh, broken leg, you know, I forget what he got his first year, but he had a heart issue where they had to do a surgery. That's so serious. And he thing. came back out, but it, I mean, and he came back and he was awesome. He returned uh quickly actually from it. I also wanted to bring up um what are your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers, man? He came out throwing some rock. Haymakers. Guys, it was awesome. I, I liked it.
1: I'm probably guilty of being both sides clipped, but I don't think that's a bad thing. I try to look at everything from different perspectives. For a guy to speak openly and honestly, at least in his opinion, about what the franchise has done over the years is awesome. It's great to hear. It's very entertaining to hear him say they have not treated his his franchise he's been with forever has not treated players right in the past when it comes to extending contracts. Uh he is he said Green Bay is not a vacation destination. They come here to yeah. play with me. Which is all
5: true. It's very true.
1: It's just like harsh that you don't hear players come out and say that. But he had that list ready. He, he did. I mean, when he came up
3: and that that uh, reporter asked him that question, he came out and he said, "I got about seventy-two things to talk <laughs> about right here." <laughs> and uh, the one point I didn't like about it, and I think, is that how long he's been there. He was a, you know, he didn't start for his first couple of years, but he's been with a, he's been a starter for nine years. And you think about how many changes have happened or happened to football organizations over a decade. And when you have that constant there, he's been in the building when they've won. He's been in the building when they weren't winning. And uh, and he does have um, a certain perspective. I mean, it's like a, and not every quarterback like a Sam Darnold at 24 years old can can have that position and that perspective, but he's been there longer than the dang GM has.
1: One of his points was he wanted a bigger position or thought he deserved a, a spot where he could talk about personnel and do involved. that stuff. So I never got to the other side of, of the uh, the issue. The other side is he is a big, giant, baby diva, and he learned from the best in Brett Favre. Yeah. So, like, he, he seems to... He's got the
3: chops though. If you if you if you got the if you can back it up then you can you can talk junk. It's like um Todd Gurley said this one night one night. He said if you wanna hoot with the owls on the weekend you better soar with the eagles on Sunday. Well, how about that? Wow. Good, good it was a pretty good one. It was a good one. I, I think he added, I added the days in, but he said if you <laughs> want to hoot with the owls, you got to soar with the eagles. Interesting. But
4: it's like you mentioned earlier. I do like that he didn't just make it all about his mistreatment from the franchise. He also made examples of other former players. Yeah. But I think he mentioned Charles Woodson.
3: But, but I think that Jordy Nelson was a an example. Is Jordy Nelson, you know, when they were cooking with Randall Cobb and Jordy Nelson, I think Randall Cobb went from, went took money, right? Got a bigger deal. But he was saying that Jordy Nelson was ready to play on a reduced rate. Now
1: it's yeah, he's but, kind but of he goes out to Oakland and doesn't really do much. Like But then he said that he doesn't have me throwing them the ball. As a, we talked to Mully, a Packers fan yesterday, how much did these have these guys done? Some probably have done well, some like Julius Peppers, why would you bring back Julius Peppers at the age of forty two? Well, he did leave
3: the Packers and then go get 11 sacks for the Carolina Panthers the next year or something like that.
1: Yeah. I, I, so, did be, he bring up Julius Peppers? Yeah, he mentioned yes. him by name. Heck yeah, Micah Hyde, who I think Charles has Woodson, done well, Woodson, all the receivers. With uh, he mentioned what Greg Jennings and he wanted. Uh, he mentioned Nelson Finley mentioned back. Cobb. Did he say anything? Did no. no. <laughs> um, so Donald he, Driver, can we get him to
3: come out of retirement?
1: Yeah, we brought back all those old names. But he definitely uh, – He was prepared, man. And he, nobody thinks high, higher of Aaron Rodgers than Aaron Rodgers. So there, <laughs> there's some of that, too. All right, uh, we are about out of time. By this time next week, Tony will have a full recap of the Hall of Fame game. Yes. We'll see Do – we'll jot down all the players we recognized that played in that game. So I don't think we'll see much of Dak or Ben or any of those guys. But When does Hard Knocks start? Yeah, that's, that's later than I anticipated. I believe it is uh, Wednesday the 11th is oh, the first okay. or either Tuesday the 10th. It's that week, I believe. I'm All actually
4: right. excited about it being the Cowboys because there's so much personality Around surrounding that team, but it's like I think this is their second time being on. Hard Knocks. I off. think it
1: might be their third time actually that they've been on Hard Knocks.
3: They've been, yeah, they've been on quite a few. I mean, Jerry is alone
1: enough of a reason to watch. We'll see if Jerry can get some glory hole in twenty twenty one. I want me some glory hole. That's his word, not mine. <laughs> All right, we'll take a timeout. Come back. Thanks, Tony. Uh, Thank you. C three podcast every Tuesday on YouTube. We will talk to Donnie Kirkpatrick, East offensive coordinator. When we return on Pirate Radio Live, we'll go down the position groups QB running back, wide receiver, O line and talk about the personnel and more when we return on Pirate Radio Live on a free beer Friday. Back with you after this. <laughs>
0: listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at UniversitySportswearEnc.com Now, back to the show. Jersey
2: Mike's open seven days a week for lunch and dinner. Order in store or online through the Jersey Mike's app. That's Jersey Mike's, a sub above. Now back to the show. Here is
1: Cliff Brock. All right. Drew's Mike sounds good right about now. Welcome back to the program. Wes Hines, Chandler Honeycutt, producing today's show. I am Clip Brock. Uh, Tony Dunn, the Cubs man, walks out uh, just before I can tell him that Chris Bryant yep. has been traded.
4: To the Giants.
1: To the uh, San Francisco Giants. So Giants, Padres, and Dodgers all getting better here. Uh, to ramp up to the playoffs, so Bryant gone also saw Jake Marisnyk, uh traded. So the Cubs really have uh, traded everyone. I saw a tweet, uh, Chandler. Now this is uh, quite comical. Coming up tonight at seven o five, Cubs at Nationals. Who the hell's playing in this game? <laughs> that really is comical because
4: there really is nobody left for both of those franchises.
1: Now the the teams have have you know, had to – they know about this before we do, obviously, with the trade. So, I guess they've made all the call-ups necessary, but we're not going to recognize the names of just about any of these guys, especially on the Cubs side. You've got Soto on the national side. It's gonna. I'm going to have yeah. to check this out just to see who's playing for these teams tonight.
4: Yeah, I actually was trying to think of the big-name stars. Uh, for both teams, the what first, if you? I, I thought of Juan Soto for us, but for the for I was thinking of young talent for the Cubs. I really can't think of anybody.
1: What if you if you and if you're not a local, you spend big money and make a trip to go see your favorite team play like once a year, maybe a summer trip. What if you pick this game?
4: Yeah, I want to go see, you know, Chris Bryant, Javi Baez. Rizzo. I want to uh, go see uh, Scherzer. Scherzer I want to go see mound. Trey Turner. Turner. Yan yeah. Gomes, who was on that World Series championship
1: team. You know, Jock Peterson's cool. Like, you buy these tickets back in April. Kyle Schwarber's killing it for the Nationals. I like, I'd like to see oh, him. Oh, man, he gets to face off against his former team.
5: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, crap.
1: <laughs> you spent all this money. To go pretty much watch
4: two minor league teams play, two AAA minor league teams
1: play. Hey, good news on StubHub if you still want to go, you can get tickets as low as fourteen bucks. Wow, so maybe uh, maybe you can. Good luck reselling those uh, tickets. Everybody's trying to resell their tickets right now, and it's not working. Yeah. for that game. All right, let's talk uh, some pirate football, and welcome on the offensive coordinator of the East Carolina Pirates, Donnie Kirkpatrick, joins us on a Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Uh, Coach Kirkpatrick, how you doing, man?
7: I'm fantastic, man.
1: How you doing? Great, and uh, it's great to talk with you. Uh, and, and I never know, Coach, uh, and I, I talked about this when Amanda Houston joined us earlier this week and mentioned that I talked to Chris Foster, running back's coach, uh, right after spring ball and said, Coach, uh, you finally get to take a breath, get a little time off. And he looked at me funny and said, there is no time off. And uh, so, Donnie, hopefully you have been able to, to relax a little bit. But, man, it's a, it's a 12-month job uh, when you sign up for this, right?
7: It absolutely is. And of course, as uh, Ralph used to say, you know, we knew it was a rattlesnake when we picked it up. (laughs) We don't have any reason to be shocked about it. But uh, I just think the recruiting, you know, the way it is today has really, really squeezed the summer a little bit more. And that now June is uh, such an active recruiting uh, month that uh, every day in the month of June, we had prospects either on unofficial visits, on official visits or in camp here and uh that just really really makes the summer go fast but we we were lucky enough we got a few weeks there at the beginning of july when there's a dead week in recruiting there is a two-week dead period there and so we we slipped away a little bit and now we're back in the office though and we're preparing for a The players to report to camp uh, on Tuesday the first.
1: Man, exciting times as we get set for East Carolina football 2021 and and Donnie, especially with the year you had last year unable to see the recruits face to face that uh that was a whole new world this year uh trying to pile all that in and 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 it it does seem like since you and, and coach Houston the staff has been here man you guys have replenished a lot of depth and I'm speaking generally here especially on the defensive side of the ball but it does look like you finally got in some position groups in some rooms two and three deep coach uh, do you feel that way have you been able to, to get that depth up a little bit
7: yeah, I think that's probably the, the number one thing we might be excited about is that now finally we've got some competition, I think, for positions and we've got some depth. So if one guy goes down, you don't have to totally change what you're doing or just hope, you know, that the other team doesn't show up that week. Uh, so uh, uh, that's been a huge emphasis is to get some more quality players in here. You know, I think a lot of it, uh, has been the offensive line and the defensive line, and that, you know, in our philosophy, you're going to win up front. And, uh, you know, that's how we won when I was here before. Uh, we were better up front on the defensive line for sure, and mostly the offensive line too. And then you get those couple of skill guys that can go make the difference, but you're not going to win at this level unless you got the linemen.
8: So there's been a lot of
7: emphasis on that, and, uh, we, we've been fortunate this year that we, we do get to see the recruits. It was a very scary thing in that uh, we signed a class, and I think out of the entire class we had only seen three of them huh. in person before. So, you know, kids were literally showing up, and we were introducing ourselves, and you weren't sure who they were, they weren't sure who you were. Now You'd had a lot of conversations with them on the phone, and you'd had some Zoom, but it's just not the same, although it's Zoom, that it is seeing a guy. You don't know how tall he is. You know, you don't know how wide he is. You know, yeah, never really shook hands with him, so it's a it's a total different. But we've been very fortunate. Most of those guys, I think, we've been very pleased with.
1: Donnie Kirkpatrick joining us. Donnie, let's talk about some of the personnel. We'll start at the quarterback position, and uh, what did you ask Holden Aylers to improve upon in the off And 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 what was he able to accomplish this off season, Donnie, to become an even better quarterback for the Pirates?
7: Well, one of the big points of emphasis for, for Holton was we were going to lean him out a little bit and trim him up a little bit and, uh, see if we couldn't get back to, uh, maybe a couple, a little bit of quickerness, you know, in the first couple of steps and, and, and getting out of the pocket. Uh, you know, I thought he still runs pretty well, but it was taking him a little longer, I thought, maybe to get to top speed. You know, I think you see, uh, you see, when that draw at Temple comes to mind, and he takes it about 60 or 70 yards, and he's rolling pretty good once he got going, but I thought that he really needed to work some on maybe the initial quickness, and so with Big John's help, we really concentrated on trying to lean him out a little bit. He's 12 pounds lighter right now than he was at his lightest last year in the in the season, and I think it's going to make him a little better player and uh, be a little bit more effective, and and uh, you know you you got to escape, you got to beat people with your legs right now, you know, and you know you got to create some plays out of the pocket, and and he can do that, and he can be very good at that. So that was really the big point uh, that we did physically, and then we've just really really spent time trying to get him to be a little more consistent. You know there there are times when he's on a roll, and he's had some games to where. I think he's the best quarterback in the league. I don't think there's any doubt about it. You know, SMU comes to mind both years, you know, Cincinnati, you're you're one and there's some you know, South Florida last year, I thought Tulsa last year. We just gotta be more consistent and when, when those games and you don't have your eight game and then maybe it's not just you, maybe it's the people around you or the other people are defending you well. We we gotta stay away from the disaster plays. Um, he doesn't throw a tremendous amount of interceptions, but when he does throw interceptions He's thrown them two and three at a time in those games. And then other games go... And not throw So we, we just want to eliminate those really, really bad games and those bad series and just get to be a little bit more consistent. If he does that, I think he's a top player in the league.
1: Donnie, I know you're excited to get back to spring ball uh, in 2021, something you didn't have in 2020. So you're able to work with and and see up close, uh, you know, Ryan Stubblefield, uh, Alex Flynn, and of course Mason Garcia, and even the young fellow Walter Simmons. So when you look behind Holden Aylers right now, how have those guys progressed uh, from a year? Uh, the- under your tutelage, Don.
7: Well, I think we are going to build in the building depth there as well, though it's still a little bit uh, inexperienced and game-like type deal. You know, Mason Garcia has an unbelievable uh, ability. You know, there's there's no limit to how far he can go. I think in this sport, uh, he did get the opportunity to play a little bit last year, not enough. You know, to really say he's, he's a veteran or he's seasoned or, you know, he's got experience. The Navy game, you know, obviously you've got to play the entire game. And he did some really good things in the Navy game. He, he, he did not lose the game for us. He just wasn't able to go win that game. And there are times... You know, when the quarterback's got to be able to go do that, he's got to be able to, to make the throws or make the key plays or make the key checks that will enable you to be able to get over the hump and win that game. And I think we lose by four or five. And, and he, he he kept us in at yeah. running ability. He's a very dual threat type guy. So he, he has that. He had a really good spring. I saw him come leaps and bounds uh, in, in the spring. He's had a very good summer. He's in the best shape of his life. I would say too. So we, we put a little more emphasis on all the quarterbacks conditioning and getting in a little bit better shape and being able to play at their best for longer periods of time. So well, obviously we're excited about him. He comes with obviously a, a lot of build up and it's, uh, you know, it's hard to live up to that sometimes. And, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of expectation, but I think he's surely heading in that right direction. Uh, you, you mentioned Ryan Stubblefield. He had a great spring game. He had a good spring. There's nobody more confident. Uh, than him, there's nobody got a better arm than he does. He's got some physical abilities that he's got to overcome and that he's, you know, a little bit short and, and, and some things like that. But Kyle Murray and some other people have proven that you can be that size and play if you know what to do with the ball and you're athletic enough and you can throw it. So I think, you know, he's really starting to get comfortable. Alex Flynn continue, continues to improve. He's a young man. It's a great team player. He, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't want to penalize him for, being this type of a player, and that he's the perfect backup because he's so darn smart that he doesn't require a lot of reps to be able to know what to do. So you don't want to hold that against him and make him in always into a backup. But yeah. he's done a good job. He's worked hard. He's really improving as well. And so, um, you know, I think we're building some depth there. Walter Simmons is a young guy that came in a semester early, and we're really having to break him down and probably – Uh, kind of start from ground one, I think, to make him into a college quarterback. What he is, though, is he's a great athlete. He can really run. He can do some other things. So I think somewhere in there, we'll find a position for him. We'll find a way to get him to be an effective player. It might be a quarterback. It might be somewhere else. For now, he's young. We need that, we need that other player at quarterback. We don't have enough guys, you know, to get through the practices without him. So we'll continue to work him there. But, uh, you know, Houghton's uh, obviously going to be the guy. You know, we 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 know that. And But uh, as we learned last year, you know, through an injury, that can happen obviously in football easily. And then, you know, with the COVID deal, he tested yeah. you know, with a positive test, even though it turned out to probably be a false positive, still lost him for a game. So you know you're only as good as your backup. So you've got to keep working those guys. And, uh, you know, that's, that's where we're at now with that.
1: Donnie Kirkpatrick joining us, uh, going over the quarterback position. Donnie, at this time last year, we really didn't know too much about, uh, Rajay Harris, and we knew probably even less about Keaton Mitchell, we being, uh, outside of the program, and we learned about him pretty quick. Rajay burst on the scene, and then Keaton Mitchell put up some great numbers as well. As you, and hey, look, Donnie, we love a depth chart. So as we go into 2021, is, is there a top dog there in the running back room? Is it a 1A, 1B situation? How do you, uh, describe that?
5: I
7: think it really is a, a a dual deal there, you know, a two-headed monster. You know, I like to call him Thunder and Lightning. I think that sometimes offends Raji a little bit because he's Thunder. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that he always reminds me, coach, you know, I, I have, I'm going to have all the long runs, and that's really true. He, he had more of the long run than Keaton did. But I said, well, Thunder's pretty fast, too, you know what I'm saying? It just, it, just, it just makes a lot of noise, you know, a little bit more like that, too. So, uh, but I really think that that's, uh, one of the positives that we've got is that we've got two guys right there that can complement each other. Again, you know, it's it's hard to stay healthy in this game. Uh, I don't know if people even remember this. You know, SMU, which was one of our better games to finish up on, especially offensively, Roger didn't play. He was yeah. in that game. So, you know, you better have a, a plan B. But, you know, going through the spring, we were – We were working those guys hard. We didn't over-scrimmage those guys because they had just come through a tough freshman year and had a lot of contact and a lot of stuff, so we kind of protected them a little bit. But Keaton had a great spring, and, you know, at times we kind of start Keaton and times we start Raji, but I think really uh, it's both of them would be listed as starters, and and I feel really good about that. Now, what we're trying to do is establish a third and then a fourth because we know how quickly – you can get, you know, dismantled there just because of injuries and, and other things. So we got some good prospects there. Uh, we got a transfer in from Marshall, Jimonny, uh, Wilson, you know, who has shown some really good signs this summer. Joseph, uh, McKay, who we call Pop, I think is surely somebody's coming in, you know, with some expectations as well, too. And then, uh, Macy O'Donnell, who is kind of a smaller scat back type guy that's been playing more in the slot. We've moved him to the running back position for this fall uh, in that now we've just got so much depth at receiver. And we think he's a good good guy to come in, obviously catch the ball out of the backfield. He can break some long runs, we think, because he's got really good speed.
1: Donnie Kirkpatrick joining us, Donnie, with with the extra years added to to everyone and their eligibility, and, and you know, you're going to have to kind of figure out the roster in the future and, and recruiting and all that, but it is incredible. All those guys you're talking about right there in the running back room are either freshmen or sophomores, right?
7: They are. You know, everybody is uh, trying to figure it out in numbers as far as roster and scholarships, you know, across the country. Uh, in that, you know, they gave everybody an extra year. Then I don't know if they had a plan on how they were going
5: right. to handle recruiting.
7: And and it's been tough on the on the 2000, I guess 22 class. And there were a lot of kids getting left out because people didn't have the scholarships to sign anybody because everybody got an extra year. So all that's going to work itself out though because. Some of the kids around the country are going to go to the NFL early. Okay. That's, that's not going to throw that off. They still go after three years, but it doesn't matter what year, you know, classification you are. It's just three years outside of high school. And then, you know, with the transfer portal, anything is possible now that you can transfer away and play right away, you know, with a one time, you know, waiver on that. So all that will work itself out. But for right now, it surely makes you have a good feeling about that. We've got. Uh, a bright future with uh, a lot of players that are going to have a lot of experience playing
1: here. Donnie Kirkpatrick joining us, Donnie. As we look at the wide receivers and, and look, we, we can talk about Tyler Snead. I feel like at this point, the way you and Mike Houston and his teammates have talked about Snead, we know what he's going to bring to the table each and every week. And uh, and and just you can a guy you can certainly rely on. Uh, let's go to uh, let's go to CJ Johnson. Nineteen catches last year, and then you know he didn't play as many games, but. That that number is certainly low. Still led the team in touchdown receptions with six and a 21.3 yards per catch average. So he's still a big play guy. I don't want to call it a sophomore slump, but the expectations were high for C.J. Johnson in 2020, and and they might have come back down to earth a little bit for 2021. What's his offseason been like, Donnie, and, and, and you know what kind of year should we expect from C.J.
5: Johnson?
7: Well, we're obviously hoping that CJ will come back and just light it up and live up to the expectations that everybody has for him. And you know, that's one of the things when you come out of the blocks early and you have a a great freshman year, and you become freshman All American, you get a lot of you know publicity. And, and, And just just having the game he had against Cincinnati, you know, which is a is a career game for anybody, you know, that's gonna that's gonna raise that expectation. So it's hard to live up to that. There's no doubt about that. When you're a freshman and nobody really knows you, you you sometimes draw the other guy, you know, the other corner, D.K., and nobody schemes for you because, you know, they don't know enough about you. That year, too, though, you know, they've had all summer, they've had all spring, you know, they've had all preseason camp to scout you and and look at who, you know, is your effective players. So they've obviously came out ready for him. Central Florida, you know, top opener. We play a really good football team. And uh, they've got really good DBs, and they put the best guy on him. They double teamed him, and they rotated people on him, and you know they tried to get physical with him, and they try to get him, you know rattled out of his game. And at times, people were able to do that. I think he's maturing though, and learning to handle that now, and knowing that uh, he's a marked guy, and you got to be able to to play, you know, with that coming into it. Uh, he um, he did you know only have 19 catches. I, I think you know that's true. Uh, You're right, only nine games. That's going to, you know, skew that a little bit. The other thing, like you say, still quite a bit of touchdowns. The other thing was he had 15 pass interference uh, Mm. that he drew. So, you know, that's 15 other 15-yard plays. So that's a pretty effective deal if you can add. Now, you don't add those as catches. Nobody does. But that, that probably led the country guy getting 15, 15 yard penalties against him. So that's that's a lot. So he was a little more effective, I think, probably than, than everybody thought he was. Now his off season has been great. He is right now probably fifteen to twenty pounds lighter than he played at last year. We thought, uh, you know, after we analyzed the season, that he had gotten too heavy. He's always going to have to fight that a little bit because he's just got that type of a body. But he's leaned out in the waist and in the core, kept his strength. He's running the fastest times that he's ever run, obviously, in his life. And I think he's as motivated as any player on our football team. And I think he knows he's a marked guy a little bit, but he knows he's a guy that we want to go to. Obviously, had a great relationship with our quarterback. They have chemistry. They have, you know, just a good feel for each other. And Holton's going to look for him if he can get any kind of a good look. And so uh, he's, he knows he has to be ready on every play. Uh, the other thing is I think we'll probably try not to play as many plays. At times, I think last year, we had to play maybe more than he needed to play so he didn't have enough left in the tank in the fourth quarter. So I do think this new conditioning and this new lighter body is going to help him to play better longer. So we're really, really excited about CJ. I don't, I don't want to feed the fire and get it overhyped on him. Yeah. We'd rather kind of slide him in there somebody <laughs> if I think we, we're not going to him anymore. But at the same time, he, he's definitely going to be a guy that's going to have a great year for us.
1: Toddie Kirkpatrick joining us, coach. Uh, you, you'll lose the guy in Blake Pro that, I mean, he's Mr. Consistency 47 catches, 577 yards, four touchdowns last year. Uh, outside of Snead Johnson, and I'll throw Audio Matosho in there since he had. 18 catches a year ago and has been in the program. Who are the guys that are going to try to help to to make up for that uh, production that you lost with Blake Prohl, that receiver?
7: Well, you know what, um, that is a big loss for us because I thought at the end of the year, Blake was playing as good as any wideout probably in our league. He had really taken off and so we you know we wish him luck in the next level right there uh that's probably the biggest uh question mark there is is who will take Blake's role of Mr. Consistency there a little bit so there's a lot of guys that are battling for that uh one option is to play CJ and Audie who have kind of played the same position at the same time we could move one of those guys and that's something we played around with a little bit. Uh, Taja Hudson has had a great spring. He is a great competitor. The kid had hadn't played a lot of receivers, so we moved him from quarterback last year uh, because we just felt like he was too good not to be in the mix and play somewhere. And I think just uh, uh, a, a little bit, you know, a year of playing it, spring ball, summer, I think he's really ready to compete for that job. Uh, Cam Burnett, who at times has played for us, He's battled some injury, uh, is an older guy that uh, is a little bit like Blake and that you know you can count on him to know what to do. Uh, I think if he gets his chance, he could be that guy. Um, uh, Tyree Saunders is a young man that uh, we had recruited extremely hard to, for a year ago, went to Virginia Tech, and that is transferred in. He's a highly motivated guy with an extreme amount of confidence. So I think he's going to be in that mix of, of of competing for that job. And then the one other guy we will mention that comes to mind is Tyler Savage was a young man that showed some signs last year in camp, just wasn't ready mentally, I don't think. And I think uh, maybe was a little too heavy. Uh, and he's trimmed up in that same program we've done with Holton and CJ and a couple of guys and his running batter and really got a great set of hands. And so I think he could be a consistent guy as well the other thing is you know with the with Ryan Jones in here who is listed as a tight end but he's kind of a hybrid tight end he's mm-hmm. a slash he's a guy that can flex out a little bit more so he can play as a true tight end but he can play as a wide out so you might see us use him in there in a two tight end set but at one one play he might be listed he might line up as a tight end one play he might line up as a receiver
1: Donnie, uh, that is uh, certainly a change from years past. They revamped and stocked tight end room. And you mentioned Ryan Jones there being a pass catcher. Aaron Jorman has played a lot of football at this level at Temple and uh, has been a a solid blocker for the Owls over the years. Shane Calhoun had a good freshman year. So what does that uh, position look like as you head into fall camp? Is that Are there position battles going on there, the, the tight end position?
7: Oh, absolutely. You know, that's one of the most improved rooms, I think, on the on the football team. When we got here, we didn't have a tight end. We, we were having to recruit somebody. I think the year before, they had used Xavier Smith over there for yep. a bit of tight end, and he, he didn't want anything to do with it. <laughs> I'm saying. So, actually, Jeremy Lewis, who uh, had been recruited by the previous staff, it was signed by us, but had been recruited by the previous staff as a defensive lineman, a defensive end, and uh, we kind of talked him into moving over to tight end because we had one tight end uh and, and on, the, on the team, and he played a lot as a true freshman for us at that tight end. Now, he has now moved back to defense, which is where he originally wanted to be because we have kind of gotten that room better. Shane Calhoun went by our expectations. We knew he'd be good. We didn't know he'd be that good that quickly, a little bit like Raj and Keaton. We knew they are going to be good. We didn't know how quickly they'd be be good. Had a great year as a freshman. Uh, we feel really good about him. Uh, Aaron Jarman coming in uh, is a really, really big shot in the arm for us as a blocker and an experienced player. And then Ryan Jones is probably the best athlete on the team if you went out and did a combine. Uh, was a kid that was able to start at three different positions at Oklahoma all on defense, and he's a kid that wants to play offenses, which is why he's here. So then you throw in Zach Bird, who had a down year last year due to injuries. He just had the disaster year of all years. He got hurt literally in the summer walkthroughs uh, when he got a concussion. That was about a 21-day concussion before he came back. He missed a lot of preseason camp. He was back for two days of practice and then um, got tested or got traced in the COVID deal, hmm. took another 14 days, came back later, tested positive, so just never really got to going. He was out in the SMU game the last game of the year, and at times looked a little bit lost because he hadn't played so long. At times looked pretty good. We hope to get him back going again. So we got a lot of things we can do with tight end. I just think the the style of play right now that everybody – is wanting to to use is is to be able to play with some tight ends, but tight ends that are not uh, just one you know trick ponies. They're able to do a lot of different things. Play as a running back at the backfield, as a lead blocker. Play as a true attached tight end with his hand down. Play as a flex tight end. Play with a tight end off the ball that you can put in motion and do different things. But catch the ball and be able to block. So you need a lot of them. And I, I think the room's full. There's great competition going in there. So um, we're really excited about that
1: group, though. Donnie, I want to talk O-line with you we're already in overtime. I apologize for that, but really it's your fault because your answers are so good. It's not my fault. One uh, of your biggest additions this off season might have been somebody already in the program, Noah Henderson being cleared and, and able to return. And, boy, was he and Deontay Smith missed uh, last year in 2020. Now, Noah's cleared to return. Is that How about getting him in football shape and back to his form as a, a tackle, Donnie?
7: Well, you're right. There's no group that's been hit harder than that group, it seems like, here for about three or four or five years. And so we're hoping now we've got enough depth and we're hoping that we've got some guys back healthy. Uh, Noah has been relieved. He's he's ready to go full speed. He has a great attitude about it. He's really excited. He wants to do this. Uh, I don't know if a lot of people would do it or not, knowing that... uh, when they get to be my age that they're gonna have a bike that's probably gonna say you shouldn't have done that yeah. you know what I'm saying but he wants to do it. So we're really, really excited about that. Now what we're gonna do is we are gonna throw him in there and he's gonna go full speed from day one because that's what the doctors say we gotta do because we gotta test it. We gotta know if he can do it or not. So that if he can't we gotta move on to plan B. But at the same time, what we're going to do is control his pitch count quite a bit, meaning how many snaps he will go in each practice. So when he goes, he's going full speed, wide open, just like game like you know reps. But what we'll do is we will limit that because he has not played in so long. and it doesn't matter how much running, how much lifting and stuff you do, it's not the same as playing in there. In the line of scrimmage, so there there is no substitute for that. Uh So we'll be smart with him, but but boy, would he be a great addition. Two years ago, he I think at the end of the year was our best offensive lineman. He's hmm. playing to a whole other level. And if we could get him back like that, that would really make our offensive line better.
1: Well, Donnie, unfortunately, we ran out of time. won't get to ask you about the NIL and conference realignment. Two uh, great topics there.
7: Well, those are some great things for a different show. You know, <laughs> yes, sir. For showing themselves and there are a lot going on with yeah. like that. But anyhow, we appreciate yeah.
1: you guys. Hey, I got one more for you, Donnie. Does uh, Miss Kirkpatrick think the Washington football team will repeat as NFC's champions this year?
7: I I think she is blindly (laughs) loyal and would think that even if they didn't have a chance. uh, But I think she really does think they will win it, and they will beat the Cowboys, I think she says for sure, both times this year, home and away, and that will make us all happy.
1: Donnie, thank you, man. Appreciate it. Great to chat with you, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. All
5: right. Thank you.
1: ECU Offensive Coordinator Donnie Kirkpatrick joining us today on Pirate Radio Live. A lot to digest there. We'll talk some more ECU football with Morgan Aylers coming up at 5 o'clock on today's program. We'll preview Memphis Tigers football 2021 with Dave Willoshan around 5 o'clock, or 5.30, I should say, today on the show. And coming up next, Mark Greenheld, Golf Shop Radio Show, will join us. we got golf going on right now in the Olympics. Uh, play has been suspended. Looks like it's going to return around six thirty. So some evening golf uh, apparently coming up. We'll talk to Greeny about that. And more when we return on Pirate Radio Live here on a Friday, a free beer Friday, big prize pack we're giving away about an hour from now. So stay tuned for that as well. More to go. We're back with you after this. <laughs>
0: You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom T-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. The Tar River
2: Bandits are back. Come experience the best collegiate Baseball around this summer. Only twenty minutes from Greenville, the Tar River Bandits have a beautiful stadium, family and kid-friendly atmosphere, great food and drink specials, plus the coldest beer in the east. For more information or to purchase tickets, visit TarRiverBandits.com. Now back to the show. Here he is Clint Tar Tarboro. What I say.
1: Tar River. Tar, Tar, River. Burrow. Tar Bur- Burrow. Okay. Tar Burrow. Tar uh, Burrow. All
2: right.
1: Tar Burrow River Bandits. Thank you, uh, Wes Hines filling in today for Shirley Rhodes. Chandler Honeycutt here as well. And, uh, Mark Greenelge. Greeny joins us on the Fixed NC Live line to talk some golf on a Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Got the Golf Shop Radio Show coming up Saturday, 8 to 10 a.m. here on Pirate Radio. Greeny, how you doing today? Doing great, Clip, how you doing? Great and uh I've not watched much Olympics, Greeny, but while I'm here at the station I will flip on NBC Sports Network and they'll kinda go from different sport to different sport. And I just recently saw some golf highlights and saw that Xander Shawley is out uh in the lead uh at the Olympics right now in the men's individual golf event. And uh and Greeny, how much are you is this what you're following now? I guess the only game in town, uh when it comes to golf?
6: Yeah, on the men's side that's the only thing that's really happening. Um, you know, with Van Dishocks, believe. Wouldn't it be odd that if we expected Andrew to uh open a major fifteen
1: six system, at a off and uh breaking up on me. I got a bad connection. Let's see if we can uh pull him down. We'll we'll try to call him back. I'll uh I'll send the number to Chandler as uh, we could not hear a single word he was saying just there a moment ago. Uh, So, Chandler, I'm going to send you the number, see if we can hook back up with him as we were talking about uh, what's going on right now over in uh, Tokyo regarding golf in the Olympics. And it appears that today is round two of the men's individual, and then we'll have round three on Saturday and the medal round. Uh, stroke play event on Sunday and then next week you have the women's individual stroke play uh, coming up so we'll, uh, we'll see what else is going on golf wise in the world with Greeny when we reconnect with him uh, the Major League Baseball trade deadline absolutely wild deadline this year big move towards the end with Chris Bryant joining a lot of his Cub, uh, Cubs teammates on the way out uh, going to the Giants you had Anthony Rizzo To the Yankees, you had Javi Baez to the Mets, Craig Kimbrell to the White Sox. So the Cubs get rid of uh, pretty much everyone that they had on their roster. The Nationals did the same outside of Juan Soto. And uh, the, the Braves have been active but have not made a lot of big moves. They get Adam Duvall back. They get Eddie Rosario, who I understand is injured right now. Also, Jorge Soler. Uh, so they've added a ton of outfielders. If you include Jock Peterson, they have added four outfielders here during the uh, the trade deadline alone. So uh, the Braves trying to get better. Um, Greeny uh, appears to be calling back. Chandler's calling him. And neither one is hooking up with anyone. So uh, it's going great in Studio B right now. The Cubs play the Nationals tonight at seven oh five. Going to be fascinating to see who they put on the field versus one another when they meet up. We got O's baseball coming your way tonight at seven ten, as Matt Harvey will be on the mound for Baltimore when they take on the Tigers. All right, um, do we have Greeny? We have no Greeny, no Greeny, no Greeny. Fantastic. Uh Still. No- <laughs> going on here somebody get on a mic and tell me what's happening Wes. what's going on I'm just in t- studio I'm just B?
2: Telling, uh, him to go ahead and pick up a different telephone line and call him again
1: okay uh we have tried to call him correct
2: yeah but he, he was using the same line he was originally on
1: okay we're gonna try a we're gonna try <laughs> the phone line never died. We're gonna try a different line and see if we can get Mark Greenhelge That's on. That's what we're doing now. How many pirate radio producers does it take to get Mark Greenhelge on the Fixed N C live line? I'm gonna say two. If not, we're gonna bring in Morgan Aylers from the green room. To, oh, I hear a dial tone, so we are making progress. This is
2: yeah, he's finally he finally um, cleared line one, so that's
1: good. All right, we're making progress. This is the longest phone call in the history of mankind uh, to talk Olympic golf. And I know everybody out there listening right now is on the edge of their seat waiting to hear this conversation. Now we have a phone call coming in to Pirate Radio. And Mark Greenhelge is back. All right.
6: What the heck happened
1: there? Uh, man, we had chaos in the studio and uh, nothing happening at all, Greeny. But, yeah, we couldn't hear you. Now we can, I believe. So you're uh, you're hooked up a little better. We didn't really hear anything you said uh, to my first question about Xander Shoffley leading. And we are in, what, day two, Greeny, of the men's individual event? Yeah, I, I was saying, wouldn't it be interesting
6: that, uh, you know, expected Xander Shoffley to win a major championship. Had a chance at the Masters, rinsed it in the water. I mean, we've seen him at top of leaderboards before, and ironically, he could be the guy that uh, pulls away and wins your gold medal. Although, you know, when you start looking at it from my perspective, the strength of field for the Olympics right now is like the 22nd or 23rd best event so far this year. Could end up being like the 30th best event in the year. So, uh, you know, it'd be a big win, but you know, not a competition you would say. So, uh, it'd be interesting to see, maybe, you know. Stander and Rollie hanging out there too. It'd be interesting to see the two guys that we've kind of been waiting for. If one of them wins it, maybe it kind of gives them a boost going forward. Yeah, and
1: and Greeny, I wonder how many players have answered this. And I've thought about this with other sports too. Never with golf, but how important is a gold medal compared to a U.S. Open Championship? You know, I mean, what is, I would think. And you have pride playing for your country, obviously, but. You want that green jacket? You want that that Open Championship? Maybe more so than a gold medal, or, or maybe I'm wrong. Have you heard players ask this? And what has been the consensus response to that?
6: I think it's a nice to have. I mean, I think it's something that you certainly not want to I think if you had the chance to win it, you may or may not go for it. I don't know. I mean, like I said, I mean, you got the four majors, you got the player's championship but there's five. You got four WCC events. Um, Got one coming up uh, next week, so that, that you know that's nine. So right there, you're talking about for me the Olympics is no better than the tenth. So yeah, I mean it's it's a marquee event, obviously because you have to you know reach a certain level. of four the top four Americans went to go. I mean it's the top two unless you were inside the top something or other on the world golf ranking So it is a quote unquote elite field from your country. Uh, you know, to me, it's just, I approved mean, the Olympics, but if it fell at a different time of the year, it might be a different story.
1: Mark Green Golf Shop Radio Show joining us on the Fixed NC Live Line. Greeny, uh, looking at the schedule, so round three Sunday, round four, the medal round, uh, or round three Saturday, round four, the medal round on a Sunday, and then the women's event, uh, individual event. Gets underway next week, and is that it as far as golf? Is there no team event? Is it just the individual stuff, Greeny?
6: Yeah, I mean, there's, uh, there's I think, an uh, uh, overall team aspect to it. I think too. Now, okay, number Again, I'm with you. I haven't paid that much attention. <laughs> focus on who's going to win the individual thing. Yeah. they need to do something different. There needs to be a different format. Yeah. I would love to see. Um, I would love to see guys play some kind of an event. Uh, with their partner, whether it's a ball event or something or other, and then there'll be an individual champion and there'll be a team champion. You know, We need to do something different when we come to something like this. We just shouldn't have four rounds of golf like we did every other week. Let's try and get a little more creative on this. Maybe you'll get a little more interest in it.
1: No doubt. I, I agree with you 100% on that. Talking to Greeny, Mark Greenhouse Golf Shop Radio Show coming up Saturday, 8 to 10 a.m. right here on Tired Radio. Greeny, let uh, switch gears a moment. I saw... Clemson mentioned in a tweet that uh, didn't have much to to do with them necessarily, but it was a tweet from the outgoing Florida State president where he said, uh, this is John Thrasher, uh, shared his thoughts about the state of college football. He said, quote, I don't want Florida State to be left behind. I consider us as part of the ACC, but I also know that we have a marquee name. Clemson has a marquee name. I think there might be people coming after us. I don't know, but we've got to be prepared no matter what the options are, end quote. That's a a pretty big quote to say, I consider us part of the ACC. Well, yeah, you're in the ACC. It's almost like there's no loyalty anymore, and if uh, somebody comes calling, that's somebody being the Southeastern Conference. You know, Florida State's got to listen, and then he threw Clemson's name in there as well. So, Greeny, as the days go on with this conference realignment talk, uh, I don't know. What, what does the ACC look like uh, four or five years from now? Does it look like its current state? Do they add more teams? Do they get teams poached away? What do you think?
6: Yeah. We're in a flux right now. I mean, uh, I've tried to baby down initially. I always thought four or 15 team conferences made sense. The other day, last week, I tried to turn it in 16, and I went, and said, wow, man, I need to be 20. I couldn't even stop there. I think you're going to be ending up maybe with uh, four or 24 team conferences where you probably have division, and, you know, if you play everybody in your division, you're playing five, puts a rivalry in there, so you put, like, a Clemson and a South Carolina in the same division, um, maybe with, like, a Georgia and a Georgia Tech, uh, and then two other teams in there, uh, you know, and and then you uh, you play a rotating basis of teams on the other three divisions, and next thing you know, there's 11 games, you got a, a semifinal and a final from the four divisions, and you
5: get a conference
6: champion. That conference champion goes into the semifinal against the other guys, and you end up with a national championship with 15 games, kind of like what you do now. So, that's what I'm looking at, and, uh, you know, the it would be only football though. You couldn't do that with basketball and soccer and golf and softball and all that stuff, so Right. Um, it would be it would be just football, and I think this is the time that they need to go do that. Almost break away from the NCAA and start their whole league.
1: We shall see. Mark Greenhouse, Golf Shop Radio Show joining us today on the program. You can hear the Golf Shop Radio Show Saturday, eight AM right here on Pirate Radio. Mark, what do you guys have planned for this weekend show?
6: Our usual check-in with Bill Bender, so we'll see what he has to say about that. He actually wrote a big article about uh, Clemson, Florida State, and Miami going to the
5: Um
6: we're, We'll talk to uh, the, the tournament director for the WGC FedEx St. Dubert Bain, and we will also talk to the most recently crowned United States Golf Association champion. He's the junior amateur champion, Nicholas Dunlap. So we get all that coming up tomorrow.
1: Sounds great, Mark. I appreciate the time today. Have a fantastic weekend and a great show tomorrow, and we'll talk to you again soon.
6: Thanks for have a good
1: one. All right you too. There is Mark Green, Elge Golf Shop Radio Show Greeny, joining us on the program today as we were finally able to get hooked up with Greenie. What was going on behind the scenes there, guys? Uh, oh, nothing much. <laughs> I mean just it wasn't a, the, the a comedy it, of errors. No,
4: it, it just it wasn't going through. Why not? I have no idea.
1: Uh, Why my, not, Wes?
2: I think it was. I think it was um, a combination of uh, technology.
1: Okay, let's blame the robots.
2: Five G. I will blame five G on this. Five G. Yeah.
1: What is? We have landlines.
2: I know, but he was he was on his cell phone. So five G.
1: <laughs> All right, Chandler, are you backing Wes up on that one? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Five G. Five G All right. Yeah. But we
4: got the green and we were able to talk golf.
1: Now we were. Let's take a time out. We'll come back and uh, wrap up hour number two of Pirate Radio Live, get you ready for hour three, where Morgan Aylers joined us inside the Pirate Radio studios. More to go after this.
0: To hour two of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at University Sportswear Now back to the show.
2: Hey, do you need custom hey. t shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Granted local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at university com. the official sportswear provider of Pirate Radio for 18 years.
1: Here's Tim Rock. All right. Why did you do the uh the Fat Albert? Hey. Hey.
2: Hey. hey, hey. Well, I just I just played the uh the it because off did. I just played the tag. Oh, okay. And then I had to then I had to read it. Yeah, yeah. it is weird. So it, it you is,
1: had to double weird. down. Yeah. Hey.
2: Hey, hey,
1: hey. It's <laughs> fat Albert. No, it's All right. Good stuff, Wes. Wes Hines, uh, Having a uh, good time it's, here? It's,
4: it's yes. even better. It's Wes Hahn. Oh,
1: On yeah. a Friday, a free beer Friday, we've got a 12-pack of Bud Light retro summer seltzers, a 12-pack of Bud Light citrus variety pack, and a Bud Light shirt, hat, koozies, tire radio shirt, and a large 2 pizza from Domino's can all be yours in hour three of today's show. Here's some, uh, some good news. Uh, the SEC, of course, they... Uh, in, sent out their invitation to OU in Texas, and OU in Texas is uh, ready to go to the SEC as early as or as late as 2025, could be earlier. But Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC, said that all of this stuff happening right now, or at least the Oklahoma and Texas the SEC, should not impact the consideration of a 12 team college football playoff. So, that came out uh, months ago or a month ago, whenever it did, that uh, they, they were in talks of potentially going from four to 12 teams. And and now with all this going on, that has certainly taken a back burner. But uh, it appears that, and the SEC kind of runs everything, it seems, uh, their commissioner saying that what has uh, happened here of recent note and, and Oklahoma and Texas moving to the SEC will not or should not impact a 12-team uh, playoff. So I think that's positive news. Yep. I was kind of nervous that if they do go, and again, nothing nothing set in stone, but if you go to like the the four team or 4-20 or 24-team conferences, power conferences, major mega conferences, they might only do like a Final Four and take one from each one, it looks like. And Oklahoma and Texas are certainly going to hope that it stays at 12 because What's the likelihood they win the SEC? The SEC, once these teams are in, is going to be an absolute bear uh, to, to win that championship. So I was uh, glad to see that.
4: Uh, any more word? I thought the comment the other day from Florida State, I think their athletic director was pretty interesting. Any more word from him? He seems to be. Okay, thinking- well,
1: that was the outgoing president of Florida State, ah. which is probably why he said that because he's, like, no longer there. So, yeah. But what, and we talked about it with Grinny a moment ago. He's saying that we consider ourselves part of the ACC, but, well, you know, somebody might be coming after us. We got to listen to all options. It was basically saying that, that, you know, we don't have any loyalty to the ACC if the SEC wants to come and grab us, just like they did Texas and Oklahoma. So, uh, it is, uh, fascinating times. All right, let's, uh, let's get a break in. Hour three of Pirate Radio Live on the way. We'll start it with Morgan Ayler's. Let's talk some Pirate football, realignment, and more when we return on Pirate Radio Live here on a free beer Friday. Got our giveaway coming up, uh, when we return after this.
2: Damage from smoke or fire, fixed. Damage caused by water, fixed. If you've got damage damaged use contractor that works for you, not your insurance company. Visit FixedNC.com today and call 999-0001. That's three nines, three zeros, and a one. Fixed NC, Restore, Renew, Maintain. Now back to the show. Here is Cliff Rock.
1: Dang it, Wes. I think Mike Mullis wants you to read his ad every time from here on. Really? Yeah. You got a
9: NIL deal. You've been practicing, haven't you, Wes?
2: I try, man. Man, I'm telling
9: you, you have come a long way in the last 20 years. (laughs) Morgan Aylers is
1: here with us. Hey, Morgan. Hey. 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 That's right, Big Morgan here to play.
9: <laughs> all right, on a free beer Friday, we
1: got a great giveaway. In
9: fact, How come every every Friday I can you're giving free alcohol away? What is there like a double entendre?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's free beer Friday.
9: Okay, it's Friday.
1: We're giving away free beer. It's just the oh, way it works. I don't get to it. To everybody but Morgan Aylers. I don't get it. That's why you have a problem with it. Uh, all right, Morgan,
9: uh, what's going on with you, man? Well I've been watching the Olympics. Oh, yeah. We're gonna do Olympic broadcast all in English. Hmm. I like it. You like that? I, uh, I, I like it a little bit. All the girls are out there on the pitch. I don't think I'd United you know, <laughs> States starting lineups, Yelena Maya, uh, Gabby Gustafus. I don't do do it very well. You almost have
1: like a I think you sound quite quite good. <laughs> quite cheeky.
9: Quite cheeky. I think you sound quite good there, Clipper.
1: Morgan is the man of many voices. Uh, Chandler Honeycutt is taking his class right now. Yeah. You're class. I'm in the back.
9: <laughs> <laughs> One will bring you up to the front, and you know, if you lock it in the back, it's up to you.
1: Morgan Ayler's is joining us today. Wow. Morgan, uh, we had Nolan Knight on the show on Wednesday. He said he was going to go to a karaoke Wednesday night, to Channel 9. I don't. Know, did he sing? He said he probably wasn't going to sing. Oh... Uh, I'm say that as a no if you don't remember. Probably don't remember. Yeah, he uh, he uh, he was a little gun to sing the song, but he said he was going to check you out on Wednesday night before he headed out of town with everybody else in sports TV. Yeah, around here except Bailey,
9: <laughs> he's here forever, man. Bailey will be here when his hair will turn black again. That's how he goes through. Like everything goes around, comes around. <laughs> yeah, uh, double. I, I I can't wait to talk
1: to Brian Bailey. I haven't talked to him in two weeks. Yeah, he's been out and about.
9: Eating the boot. He's eating a boot. I tell you, last time I saw Bailey, he was uh, eating some eggs and some uh, some biscuits and some teas and crumpets.
5: <laughs> okay,
1: <laughs> fair enough. Morgan, uh, pirate football practice, fall camp beginning in a couple days now. Exciting times! exciting yeah, times!
9: Is. Exciting times here for football, and it's not like we call it football It's the American version of football, right? What country. are the differences? Well, I thought this was going to be football. These, these chicks are picking up the thing and running with it. What the there going on? Let's we got some. I feel
5: like of
1: We got some women's rugby action going on. Morgan Aylers. USA, taking on your uh, Great Britain squad. That's right. And right now we're kicking your bloody ainsights, far nothing. You really doing this the whole time? I am always well. I started it 15
9: minutes ago, and we got 15 minutes more game. You
5: know that game.
1: Is that really polite and classy, I will say?
9: Well, thank you. I'm uh, from the western shore of London. The what now? I don't have a clue what I can
5: say. As long
9: as Wes is in there having a good time, I don't bloody care. Yeah, and West, uh,
1: Wes, do you have any questions for uh,
9: British Morgan?
5: <laughs> I, will, I, will, I will come back rev to you on up,
2: that rev one rev it up i'll come back to you on that one
1: what are the uh what are the uh the food totally, i have
9: totally thrown
1: you off you, of you have time. i mean i <laughs> wanted to talk et football but this is ridiculous okay all right all right we'll talk football did you ever interview with donnie Kirkpatrick passion
9: yeah i did it was a very good interview uh went and and I wish Bonnie's got a twin brother that's in his name. What's his name? Bonnie Kitpatrick. Bonnie? Bonnie's on a Bonnie All
1: right. Uh Bonnie. Bonnie. Wanted to go more but he answers so damn long, you know, all the questions <laughs> that I can only ask him like four questions. Uh but he was great to talk to. Went over some of the uh position groups there on the offensive side of the ball, Morgan and uh certainly does sound like more depth is something they're very excited about this year and I think that's going to be key on the defensive line, getting bodies in and out. Uh, same can be said for, you know, wide receiver. Who's going to step up after uh, Snead, CJ, Audi, guys we know. Audio. Audio. And uh, and who knows, who's the third running back, fourth running back? He listed some possible names there. But uh, we know a lot of the starters, but I
9: think uh, the backups are – we're going to make an impact. We just don't know who they are at the moment. Yeah, I think camp's going to be important for some of these guys to come in and, and do their, uh, make their their case that they should be that guy. Because you're just you're so close in, in a football game of you know having to go in and play. Over the years, we've seen you you come in the season, our running back rooms deep. It's four deep, and at the end of the year they're going like, "Hey, Clip, put a jersey, Zico pursuit, in yeah, your tailback." We've yeah. seen that before. Yep. Uh
1: Morgan, how about the, the O-line for East Carolina? We heard Donnie say Noah Henderson coming back. I've actually uh, heard a, a source close to the quarterback situation tell me that if they had Noah Henderson and Deontay Smith last year, they win – They win the Tulsa game. They win the, you know, three or four more wins, potentially. That's how important he is. You know, you don't get Deontay
9: back, but Noah being back is huge. Yeah, it's it's huge. He's a big body. He knows how to play the game. He's got really good feet. Uh, I think they might try to bring him along a little bit slower uh, during camp, you know, to get him back into game shape because, you know, he missed basically all of last year. Uh, But uh, I know he's so excited about being out there. and It just adds another piece to that puzzle because you – you can't have an offensive line with just five or six guys that go through the season. It just doesn't work, and it didn't work last year early on. But by the end of the year, they were getting a little bit healthy. The, the new guys started playing well and started getting comfortable in their roles. And now they've had a whole year to, to spring to work on it, a whole year of Big John's conditioning. And uh, I just think it's going to be uh, – a uh, a different look on that offensive line for the Pirates.
1: A question mark heading into fall camp, you know, what what will the tight end? How will that situation play its way out? Donnie Kirkpatrick actually mentioned Ryan Jones when we were talking about receivers. Says he's a guy that can uh, be in the slot, be a a a matchup nightmare for the opposing team. Uh, And also talked about Aaron Jarman, Shane Calhoun, uh, the others they have brought in at, at tight end. Uh, but Ryan Jones, uh, Morgan, now we don't know what, he might get nothing from him, might be an impact guy. He seems like he could be an X-factor, though, on the offense.
9: I think so. I think you'll see him uh, line up at a regular tight end position, but also move out. I think I heard Donnie talk about moving out in the slot. Yeah. Uh, he's had a good summer, uh, really working hard. and. Again, he's one of these things that where do you put that piece to that puzzle? is it does it go here? Does it go here? It looks like it you know wherever it works is where you have to put it, And I think flexibility might be the key for the wide receiver and tight end room this year that you might be able to move instead of lining up C.J. on the, the left outside receiver, maybe moving him to the right and flip-flopping him a bit because you don't want to let the defense get too comfortable knowing that, hey, my best guy's got to guard guard C.J. all the time. We're just going to keep him on the left side.
1: And hopefully having a spring football, which we did not have a year ago, helps with stuff like that. Yes. Working guys. Uh, doing different things. Uh, ECU football practice getting underway on is it Tuesday or Monday morning?
9: Uh, I I thought they report or they, they I think the official report is Tuesday maybe. Okay, but it might be Monday.
1: Report Monday, practice Tuesday. Yeah, sure. Let's go with that. We'll go with that. Either way, next week we will be uh, covering and talking about and taking some pictures out at East Carolina Fall Camp 2021 to lead off to the uh season as they take on Appalachian State to kick things off in Charlotte.
9: Right now it's uh on the pitch, it's fourteen nothing. Great Britain over you Yanks. Over you
1: Yanks. You say nothing over there, you don't say Neil, you don't say I don't know what Sarah. this
9: uh, this is the first time I've watched the female this is rugby, right? Yeah. Okay, this is rugby. It's not, is this a, is there a difference between Australian rules rugby and like rugby Australian
1: rules football is the thing. And then there's rugby, and... Which, I mean, look at that.
9: They got this girl by the head, like, by the neck, and going to snap her, her neck back.
1: You could have been a rugby player in your day. Nah. I'm not tough as those girls are. They go no helmet. No helmet. Very no minimal pads. pads Boom! Like, no pads. And uh, it's just tackling each other. Yeah. So... And they do say, like Morgan, if you took away the face mask in football, there would be a lot less helmet to helmet hits because guys wouldn't be as. Oh, confident. it's a weapon, sure. So when you play without a helmet, um, there's probably a lot more proper tackling in this sport than there is in football now.
9: There is right there.
1: <laughs> what? Uh, I don't know. Have you been watching these
9: events at all? Yeah, I uh, watched a little bit of it. I like. Uh, it's funny because you watch the Olympics every four years. In this case, it's the fifth year. Yeah. But by the end of the two-week period of the Olympics, you're generally an expert on, like, seven or eight sports you knew nothing about two weeks ago.
1: And then you'll have three or four years to forget about them, yeah. and then you'll be an expert. Like,
5: I watched diving.
9: It was on the TV when I was working the other night. And I'm watching diving, and I'm going, like, okay, she over big splash. She's not going to get good points. Like, How the hell do I know about diving? Wow, you're doing scoring at home. Yeah, I'm doing times. my own scoring and everything. It's It's pretty cool.
1: Wes uh what event do you think you could participate in and have the best shot to win in the Olympics? Mm. Mm-hmm. Nothing. <laughs> I was I was thinking about it. You don't want to do. I was thinking about it for myself like I can't do any other running, swimming, no shot there. No. But like you could do like um, I was thinking archery. Archery cuz you don't have to
9: run or anything. Right, but you could do shooting. They got skeet shooting and yeah. rapid shooting and shotgun shooting and you know, a lot of stuff like that.
1: Anything stationary, you at least got a fighting chance, shot. I mean, why not
2: um, bring the uh, competitive um, eating into the um, Olympics? Yeah. Right? I mean, my goodness. Joey
1: Chestnut and Wes Hines representing America. There you go. <laughs> they even have, like, sushi for you.
9: <laughs> you,
2: you like, you like I, sushi, Wes? I really do. What yes. kind do you like, Wes? Uh, give me uh, some spicy tuna.
9: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about non-spicy tuna? get
2: mm, yeah, I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> I'll take that. It'll give me some. Uh, let's see, Goldsboro. Uh, some what? Goldsboro.
9: Goldsboro.
2: It <laughs> is a Goldsboro sushi. That's <laughs> <Yes. laughs> very close. It's called Goldsboro. Yeah.
9: It's, Goldsboro.
2: It's it's literally a um, a California roll that's um, that's been. Um, You're googling ten, it up. Uh, tempura
9: fried. So is uh, it in uh, Goldsboro?
2: No, it's right here in Greenville.
9: Where? <laughs> but
1: it's why is it called that?
2: Because the uh, the uh, a
1: Goldsboro.
2: Go.
9: How do you spell it?
2: G o l d s b r o. You take takes the take the O out. Goldsboro. Goldsboro.
9: Like, you know, the guys, you know, play basketball in Goldsboro. Goldsboro. Okay. <laughs>
2: yeah.
9: Okay. Have that? I, don't know, I don't know. Look at
2: look at um
9: Goldsboro. I, I hate it. Um, Do you think that whoever made that up just didn't know how to spell Goldsboro? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no. The the original sh- the original restaurant is in Goldsboro. Jays? Yes. Okay. And then they got a um, they got a Restaurant here in Greenville. Calm down, you're getting excited. Calm down. He's passionate about this subject. They have a restaurant here in Greenville that is not called Jay's, but they've got that very same uh,
9: sushi roll. So I'm going to go there after after I get off the air, and I'm on a Goldsboro. Yeah, and I get one. And say West. West I'm going to say West. Hines sent me to get a tell the (laughs) West
5: Oh well.
1: Mm -hmm. Chad says next Friday we're going to have race walking, where they do the like hey. <laughs> they do the, yeah, that. That's, a, that's like that is the dumbest event.
9: I don't know. There's been a couple of them I've seen. In, equestrian it? is pretty dumb too. Well, equestrian is it. you know it's more horse than it is equestrian a rider. Equesturer.
1: So they said about Chandler's old girlfriend and oh. I, I, I didn't know who I wanted to say that. I looked at Morgan and he's sitting right beside me. Jesus. And I was like, I could say that about Morgan, but Chandler's on the other side of the glass. Let's go with him. Sorry, Chandler. I really was going to go Morgan, but decided against it. He's a big fellow.
9: If you can see the notes that clip had for the for my segment, they're all detailed out here, and it's just I don't think we are o for like eight. Yeah, all right, Jim Rome. Take we're not. It easy. We're not doing well right uh, now. I was
2: going to ask you uh, you a question earlier, um, Morgan. Uh, in your British accent
9: More British accent, go ahead
2: um, Well I can say go the ahead I would be like on sneaky binders. In um What was Peaky the name boy, of that Peaky. show?
4: Uh, keeping Up with the pe- Keep
2: keeping up in Appearances Is it Bouquet <laughs> Or Bucket <laughs> <laughs>
9: A bouquet a bucket? Yeah, a bucket, something you carry. A bouquet, something you give a girl. Okay, along with a gold spray, whatever the hell that is. <laughs> you sound like the dude
1: that's always at uh, tiebreakers at AJ's. What is his name? What? <laughs> <Lee? laughs> uh, there's two of them uh, with they the great like accents, that. and um, you just sounded like one of them, the uh, the dark haired one. Can't remember their names. Well, I can't either. I talk about uh, soccer every time. Uh, well, they talk about soccer now. Yeah. Football. Yeah. Football. Yeah. <laughs> football. Football. Ah, uh, so there is Wes's question. It's easier to understand Morgan in than, than his accent than it is Wes in his regular accent. Wow. So is that.
5: <laughs>
9: did, am I out of bounds to say that? Well, I didn't think I was out of bounds to say that.
1: Do
5: no, we yeah. not agree?
8: Do we not agree? No,
9: you don't matter what you're doing. You know, all you're doing is all you know, That sounds like Wes with a British accent. There you go. Morgan, what are you doing this weekend? Uh, you want me in
1: a van down by the river?
9: Nah, we're staying in Greenville this weekend. You working? No, I got some stuff to do, so i oh. do the weekend, just relax and do a few things. And
2: in a house in Greenville,
9: I'm gonna get me a ghost roll. My boy, this time next week I'll have me a ghost burrow and give you a critique. Also, by this time
1: next week, we'll have a preseason game under our belt, Morgan. What is that? Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday, Thursday night, Thursday night, Cowboys Steelers. We won't recognize any of the players, no. and it'll be bad. But it'll be football. It's TV. football. Heck yeah. Well, the uh,
4: the quarterback for the Cowboys uh, that Donnie K knows from JMU. Well, he'll probably be at the quarterback position.
1: Santucci
9: well, since something? he's a quarterback that plays for the Cowboys, he'll be at the quarterback <laughs> position.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I forgot about that dude. You're right. I can't
9: remember his last name.
1: Yeah, that interesting nugget there, Chandler. That's why he's the best in the biz right now. Hey, ahead. you know what? That was good stuff.
9: You've been just fascinated with this of <laughs> thing on your computer.
4: And, and it. also, uh, toothless Dwayne Haskins. Uh,
1: for the Steelers. You're right. already has been dropping dimes at practice. Really? <laughs> yeah, I read that. He dropped some, like,
5: He dime? threw some
1: pretty passes. Morgan, uh... Well, Did you see Aaron Rodgers? Right, we'll wrap it up here. Did you see his press conference the other day?
9: Yeah, a little different.
1: Yeah. Well, he was brutally honest, his opinion, his truth. He was speaking his truth mm-hmm. about the situation. And through the Packers organization under the bus, the way they had treated veterans in the past, uh, said that Green Bay is not a vacation destination. People go to Green Bay to play with him. So you could say everything he said was true. It's just very harsh and a little, you know, conceited.
9: Well, I think that he's proven that he, you know, he he waited his time behind Brett Favre. Brett Brett Favre. And you know, he's proven that he's one of the best quarterbacks, if not can be argued the best quarterback in the game. Yeah. And if Green Bay did not have him this year, don't they wouldn't be doing anything.
1: Really. They would go to the bottom of the uh they're down there with the Lions. Oh,
9: easily. Yeah, in
1: the Lions then.
9: With him, they're gonna compete for the for their division championship.
1: Who's uh your early Super Bowl matchup on? Chiefs get back there, Bucks get back there, or I'm, you got some other say
9: I will say the Chiefs will get back there. I will say the Bucks will get back there if they stay healthy.
1: And they got a lot of old knees. Yeah. And and bones. That that's that the
9: key to that team is they have to be healthy at the end of the season, and which
1: they were last year. They had all systems go. The Chiefs had major O line issues. You, you and I had
9: that conversation last year, early on in the season. People were talking about Tom Brady doesn't look good. He, it, yeah, but he was getting hit. He just not as mobile. Well, and you and I talked about this after the Georgia State. It's like Tom. If Tom Brady gets hit all the time, he's not the Tom Brady that wins the Super Bowl. Yeah. But if he's got he's got time to throw it and time for the play to develop, he's pretty dang good, and he showed that. And he's got another trophy for it.
1: Very rare, almost impossible. Uh, you see these days that a team returns every single starter mm-hmm. from the previous year, and that's what the Bucks have.
9: But you know they 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 didn't necessarily were set up for that because they were set up to lose about six or seven of those starters. Mm-hmm. And they the the team campaign Brady and the team campaign for them to come back and try to win one more and
1: take reduced salaries to yeah do it. to do it so and Tom Brady was one of them he, he's the main one he yep. did it in New England and he got his teammates to do it in Tampa
9: but it's also easier to do that when you're making yeah three hundred eleven billion dollars a year you know? yep
1: if you go three oh seven it's not going to hurt you no, that bad now uh, Morgan thanks for hanging out thanks man kind of you. Uh...
9: Well, I appreciate you having me in We're doing the Olympic coverage, and we'll do next week. We'll be back here live after 5, or live at 5, or it's the it's, uh, whatever the hell it is. Yeah. We'll be here. It's going to be midnight over in England, and we're going to have the, the closing ceremony. So y'all check it out. Thank you. They say y'all in England, Don't y'all. Y'all, <laughs> y'all. <laughs> we're gonna get me a Goldsboro. Y'all, that'd be a great name for a beer. Goldsboro. Goldsboro.
1: Yeah. Wes, play the booty bag theme, sir, because we have to give something away right now because it is Free Beer Friday here on Pirate Radio Live. Oh boy, here we go. Come on, Chandler, help him out. Studio B is... Ah oh yeah. Booty, 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 booty everywhere.
5: Booty, 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 booty everywhere.
1: We got a biggie today. Our final winner of July, 317-1250, free beer Friday, 12-pack of Bud Light Retro Summer Seltzers, a 12-pack of Bud Light Citrus, Bud Light shirt, hat, koozies, Pirate Radio Tailgate shirt, and a large two-topping pizza from Domino's can all be yours if your caller number, who do you want to do, Wes? What caller do you want to do today?
2: What's caller number 8?
1: Caller 8, 317-1250. We'll be back with Dave Woloshin, the voice of the Memphis Tigers, talks some Tiger football when we return after this. <laughs>
2: You've worked hard to start your business and are working even harder to make it successful. And that's why it's important to have a bank in your corner when you need them. As the business world throws you curveballs, Select Bank & Trust is here to be responsive to your needs. Select Bank's team of local banks can make local decisions and cares about you, the customer. Get the business services that are right for your business today with Select Bank & Trust, Bank Local, Bank Selects. And congratulations to Mr. Steve Hill, who is the winner of the free beer Friday giveaway.
1: This feels like a setup, because earlier today on Facebook Live, Steve Hill said we need a uh, Daily West segment. Oh, really? Yeah.
2: Oh, boy. I don't
1: know if I've got enough in me to do it. <laughs> oh, you got enough in you, Wes, no <laughs> doubt about it. All right, uh, great job filling in for Shirley Rhodes today. Chandler Honeycutt is here as well, and I am Cliff Rock, and we are about to talk to Dave Wilotion, who joins us on the Fixed NC Live line. I have not seen the Memphis Tigers on the football field in quite a while, so we'll catch up on what's going on. Today uh, with the Memphis Tigers, Dave. Welcome back to Pirate Radio. How you doing?
10: I am doing incredibly well. I cannot wait for the season to begin because, and we've already started doing sponsors' luncheons and a lot of little radio hits uh, here and there. People are just so ready to see one another to get out and hug one another and shake everybody's hands and and talk about football being able to go to tailgates being able to go to ball games we're all ready for that so let's let's get it going man
1: Dave ocean firing me up. We're ready to go as well. Dave, East Carolina, uh, will start it on a Thursday night and, uh, Memphis will open up on September 4th versus Nichols. And, uh, Dave, let's, uh, let's talk about the Tigers. We haven't talked to you in a while because we haven't seen Memphis on the football field in a while. And in the world of college football these days, that means a lot of changes. And how are things going, uh, post Mike Norvell there, uh, in Memphis as now he is Firmly planted there in Tallahassee. Uh, how is the the overall football program looking?
10: Well, actually, last year was very good. Just to to let you know, last time we saw you, I worked in a concrete open air press <laughs> where I took a crane up the elevator uh, in Greenville to get to my position and I could tell it was going to be gorgeous. I'm sure it's beautiful. It's done now. You had a freshman quarterback then that I said, wow, we're not going to see these guys for a few years. I'm glad, because that kid was really, <laughs> really good. Um, and, and and then, of course, uh, because of the divisional thing, we, we haven't really had the opportunity to, to go up against the Pirates. I always enjoy our little visits to Greenville. But um, you know what? Memphis did not miss a beat, and I wasn't sure that that would be the case. But there is a thing about continuity, and Mike Norvell left, and we knew what a genius he was. But the guy that was really helping him a lot was there as one of his first hires. So he was with him the whole way, was Ryan Silverfield. And Ryan Silverfield was very much involved in the running aspect of the offense. There was another guy who had come over for Mike's last year named Kevin Johns, And Kevin had worked at Purdue, and and so he had the offense of Jeff Brom. He then learned the offense of Mike Norvell. You put that combination, it's pretty good. And you're still working with a guy in Ryan Silverfield who knows the Mike Norvell offense beautifully. And Memphis did not miss a beat. They had a great quarterback who broke all the school records, and there was some pretty good talent that had come before him at the quarterback position. But Freddie White was special. I think he was there like six or seven years. Could have come back. Uh, opted to try to go to the NFL, didn't make it there. Played in the spring league, played okay in the spring league. I wonder if he's sort of kicking himself, because he could have gotten his doctorate. He'd already gotten his master's at Memphis, but he could have come back. He opted not to, so the Tigers have four different quarterbacks. We'll get into that in a bit. But the bottom line is Mike Norvell comes in, and there are certainly going to be question marks about him. He won me over at the press conference when he said, this is my dream job. I don't want to go anywhere. I I want to stay and build it here in Memphis and keep it going the way Justin Fuente got it going, and Mike Norvell took it to a different level. And he started off that way. I mean, for the first time, Memphis beat UCF since they were... A, uh, uh, an FCS team. That's how long it had been wow. since the Tigers were able to beat Central Florida. And then Memphis had a, a, a big drought. They had lost, I want to say, five bowl games in a row. They'd gone to seven in a row, uh, including last year. And they'd lost five in a row, and he knocked off, uh, florida atlantic in a, in a pretty dominating game although it was 25 10 score in the montgomery bowl so you knock off ucf you finally end the bowl trot you get them into a bowl for the seventh straight year and i, I will say this you know the one area where justin fuente uh, was if you were going to grade him it would have been average or below was recruiting well mike nobel picked that up but ryan Silverfield was a part of that. In the two classes that Ryan Silverfield has had, they have been in the top 50 in the country and in the top two or three in the American Athletic Conference. So you take that combination with the way he's kept it going and the continuity of keeping most of his staff members, and it's it's been terrific. And eight and three last year? And and all the other historic moments I just told you about, yeah, all the records Brady White broke. It was it was a real fun year.
1: Talking to Dave Loesch on the Fixed NC live line, Dave. We usually start at quarterback when I talk to the uh, these uh, play-by-play voices like yourself, but you mentioned the run game, and you know we still have nightmares about D'Angelo Williams from all those years ago, but more recently. Tony Pollard uh, has turned into a, a great player for the Cowboys. You've got Daryl Henderson, who's now in line to start uh, with the Rams with Cam Akers. And, and I'm a lifelong Washington football fan, Dave. So I was uh, ecstatic with what Antonio Gibson was able to do uh, a year ago in his rookie year for Washington. Glad none of those guys are on this current Memphis roster. But who are the uh, who's the next great backs uh, for Memphis?
10: Let, let me just correct you. First of all, Antonio Gibson couldn't beat out any of these two guys. Patrick Taylor, who was injured for the last two years, who was a terrific player. And then you're forgetting about a guy who was drafted in the NFL this year, and that is Kenny Gainwell. Mike Norvell used to say that Kenny Gainwell will be the best running back in the history of the school. And I looked at him and I said, well, wait a second. You got Daryl Henderson, you got Pollard right there. Gibson hadn't even been a running back yet. And I said, well, what about D'Angelo Williams? And he looked at me and he said, well, oh in only the way that Mike Novell can, he said, Well, oh, I'm telling you, Kenny Gainwell is going to be the best running back we ever had. Well, Gainwell just had the one year, opted out last year, still got drafted, and we shall see. This year, we, and I'm sure you'll be delighted about this, there is no Kenny Gainwell or <laughs> Steve Pollard or Daryl Henderson or D'Angelo Williams. But there is a running back by committee. They think the kid who played a little bit last year, Brandon Thomas, Who will be a freshman again because last year's a freebie for everybody. They think Brandon Thomas could really be a terrific player he's got speed he's got good vision shiftiness but Rodriguez Clark who started last year they call him Drake he's back Asa Martin is a guy who came out at the end of the year he's back Hyland Watkins is a kid who uh, is pretty solid he's a Memphis kid he started to play well last year he's back and then you've got another kid from Texas who was a three and a half or four star kid who's coming in so they've got running back by committee there'll be a lot of competition in spring camp to see who will end up being the starter who gets the most snaps.
1: Dave, who are the uh, the weapons on the outside uh, you're going to be calling uh, big plays for in 2021?
10: Well, uh, the best receiver from a year ago, who's just a little track guy. I mean, he's, he's a small guy. His name is Calvin Austin. He, much like Anthony Miller before him, was a preferred walk-on who earned a scholarship and last year had over 1,100 yards receiving and. Uh, double digit touchdowns. He's literally he was on the United States junior Olympic team uh when he got out of high school. He's a sprinter, he's worked on his hands, uh he, he became a much more proficient receiver a year ago in running routes and holding on to the ball. So he's the best. They got a guy named Javon Ivory who did not play much last year, Richard Freshman. Uh, I think he opted out. He's back. Now they did lose a really good receiver that I thought was maybe gonna be their best, named Taj Washington. He entered the transfer portal and ended up at Southern Cal. So he he left for a good place. But there were a couple of young guys that are speedsters named Markael Jones and Kai Matthew. They're gonna be in the mix. We got a returning tight end who's all conference and Sean Dykes. He had over a thousand yards uh receiving. So um They're okay on the outside. They could use another one or two guys, I think. But uh, I don't know what's coming in. So we shall see. That does not include freshmen. And, again, I'll tell you that it was a good class coming in.
1: Dave Lotion joining us talking Memphis Tigers football here today on Pirate Radio Live. Uh, no shortage of skill guys for Memphis. And you can say the same for a lot of the American Athletic Conference. Maybe what so separates Cincinnati is what they've been able to build in the trenches, Dave. So, uh, you know, what, what about that for Memphis? With all the yards they've put up over the years passing and especially rushing O-line uh, doesn't seem to be an issue. How about D-line uh, for Memphis? And how, how have you done there, Dave, uh, stacking the, the trenches area of the field?
10: Well, just to start with the O-line, it, it was not physical enough for Ryan Silverfield last year, so he has made some changes. He got uh, a guy who was the center at Cincinnati, 13-all conference he transferred. I, I'm not sure what the story was there, but he probably will start for the U of M. They've got a left tackle named uh, Joshua Dobbs, who was at Michigan State last year, and he's got, I believe, three years of eligibility left. He probably will start at left tackle. Dylan Parham is an all-conference uh, tackle or guard. He's been moved in both positions. He's put on some weight. He came to be a tight end, um, and they moved him to the defensive line, and then he's become a guy they think can play on Sundays. So there are some really solid guys on the offensive line. Defensively, we may be, this is what uh, Ryan Silverfield has said in the two or three speeches that I've seen him give in the uh, preseason here, and that this is the deepest defensive team Memphis has had since he arrived. And look, you got to you got to score points in the American. I, I don't think there's any question about that. But Memphis's defense has not been really good the last couple of years. It should be improved. He thinks the rotations at each position group, line, linebacker, defensive backs, two deep everywhere where he's comfortable with putting people in. Morris Joseph on the defensive line is really a solid player. He'll be I think he was all-conference second team at the end of last year. He's a big guy, 6'2" 275 um and he's got 2 years left. There's a a, a, a guy named Ward Davis, Ducksworth Who was a JC transfer? He came in. He was solid last year. Um, they, they got a bunch of new people coming in. And there's a guy who was a sophomore last year, played well, Kawan Robinson and Coyote Oda Um, say that fast. (laughs) Uh, He's a guy that played a bunch last year. So they, they think they're really deep on the defensive line. And same thing with linebacker. You got J.J. Russell, who was, uh, if he wasn't all-conference, he was preseason all-conference last year. He's he's come back. He's one of those guys that played four years, and yet um, they gave him a free year. So he said, I'm coming back to Leo Clemens, Thomas Pickens, Cole Mashburn, Jalen Allen, all these guys are really good players. Defensive backs, there is another kid named Barnett who transferred with Dobbs from Michigan State. He's probably a starting corner um and you got Quindell Johnson, who may be the best defensive player in the conference, and he's on all the watch lists. So this this is the best defense Memphis has had in years. year.
1: Dave Ocean joining us uh, as we look at the uh, schedule, Dave, non-conference. Uh, Nichols, Arkansas State on the road. Mississippi State at the Liberty Bowl on September 18th. And then UTSA, the Roadrunners on the schedule. Uh, Conference-wise, you go to Tulsa. We'll see what they do for an encore after a, a great 2020. You, you get a revenge matchup against SMU there at the Liberty Bowl. You get a revenge matchup against Tulane uh, in the Liberty Bowl and a trip to Houston to see Dana Holgerson and, and of course, the one that stands out of the trip to Orlando uh, at UCF. So Cincinnati not on the schedule. When you, you look this one up and down, Dave, what are the expectations uh, for Memphis in 2021?
5: Well,
10: I you know, I, I think the fans' expectations are you win every one of them. Uh, I think we'll really know about this team, you know, Nickel State they should handle. That's a home game. They go to Arkansas State. Arkansas State has parentally been a good team. Mm-hmm. And oddly enough, our former athletic director, Tom Bowen, who fixed our football program, he came in and goes, I know how to fix football. This is after the Larry Porter era when things were terrible and he was involved in the hiring of Fuente, he does know how to fix football. I think that'll be a sort of a measurement game. Memphis should win that game, and then you'll really know when you come back to the Liberty Bowl on Saturday, September the 18th, and you play Mississippi State, Mike Leach's group. Uh, and, and, and I think that will be a true measuring game. to san Antonio, I, I'm not sure why there are some of these games... On the schedule, personally, I would love to see Memphis play some of our old CUSA foes where there's tradition and history, yeah. like UAB or Southern Miss. But this was a Tom Bowen game, Texas-State and Antonio. It's actually a makeup from a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, so we'll, the, the, the Tigers will play uh, that ball club. And then you, you sort of skipped over Temple. Last time Memphis played at Temple, they thought they were robbed. Joey Magnifico had a catch, ruled a catch. They looked at the replay. They ruled that it was incomplete when everybody in Memphis thinks absolutely he caught the ball. And that was a costly loss. It did not end up costing Memphis in the long run. They still went to the Cotton Bowl that year. But that could have been an undefeated year and uh, going into the Cotton Bowl. But uh, there's a revenge game there. You mentioned Tulsa. And Memphis has a hard time against Tulsa on the road. Memphis really has a hard time against Tulane on the road. They'll lose to Tulane at home but they lose on the road.
5: <laughs> Houston has
10: become sort of a rivalry game. And then there's the East Carolina team we haven't seen in a long time. It's almost like we don't know how to play it.
1: It's a, it's a fascinating schedule uh, up and down for the Tigers in 2021. Dave Voloshan joining us here on the Fixed NC Live line. Dave, great preview today. Really enjoyed talking some Tigers football with you. We'll get you back on uh, the week of the game and, and preview it, but I hope you have a, a great rest of your summer, and uh, we'll talk to you again in the fall, Dave.
10: Looking forward to it. Give my best to Jeff Charles and all the crew, and uh, and let's get ready for some football.
1: Sounds good. There's Dave Wilotion joining us today as we continue our ECU 2021 uh, football previews. We are uh, we don't have a lot left to go. I know we got Temple still on the list. Cincinnati. Uh, let's see who else is on that list. So we got to talk to Dan Horde, who is the voice of the Bearcats and the Bengals. Ah, uh, we have to talk Navy football. So Temple, Navy, and Cincinnati—the last three previews we need to knock out this summer before we get to the season. All right, let's take a timeout. Come back. We'll have more Pirate Radio live for you on a Friday. Back with you after this.
0: hour three of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show.
2: Tiebreakers is open every day at 11 a.m. and is the best place to watch our favorite sports while enjoying the best wings in town. Sandwiches, appetizers, cold Colbert and more. Follow Tiebreakers on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates and just take a look at your Wells Fargo Advisors Financial report, the Dow was down 149 points at 34,935. The NASDAQ was down 106 at 14,672. And the S&P 500 down 24 at 4,395 on your Wells Fargo Advisors Financial report. For a personal look into investing, all Wells Fargo Advisors today is 756-6900 in Greenville, Wells Fargo Advisors, LLC, member SIPC. Now back to Clip Rock.
1: All right. Thank you, Wes. You can catch all the uh, sports action at Tiebreakers, I believe, on the Pirate Radio podcast uh, that you were a guest on. Did you say your favorite sport was uh, like the strongman competition?
2: <laughs> Me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, that's, that's right. I
1: know you better than you. <laughs> that's right. I, I that. do. You did say that. I don't yeah, know yeah, if you. That, that is correct. Believe that, but I yeah. remember you said you uh, you like watching the strong man. That's right. I, and also, I meant when we were talking about
4: sushi, uh, sushi a while ago. Yeah. How much did you eat in that sitting? Uh, there was. Uh,
1: was it like thirty?
2: Yes. Wow. Yes, that is correct. Like sushi's a very I mean, All right, l- let me let me just let me, let me um t- tell you this. When I go to a sushi restaurant that is not buffet, I will go through hundred and seventy dollars in, in one sitting.
1: You're kidding. Bless. No I'm not. That is insane. That's ridiculous. <laughs> insane I'm behavior. Sorry.
2: I'm sorry, but I do.
1: Yeah, you don't, it's not a great bang for your buck food. You got to pay a lot to, to get a lot. That's right. But I, I, you know, I, I don't think I've found the right sushi for me yet. I just have, I'm not a big fan of it.
2: Oh, spicy tuna uh, is the best I love, of all of it.
1: I like tuna. I like spicy, so I should like that. Maybe yeah. I, I should try that. Try,
2: try the Goldsboro.
1: <laughs> I'll try the Goldsboro as well. All
2: right
1: and uh yeah i
2: mean it, and if you will and if you want sushi that's not raw that's where you go with the california roll cuz it's not raw
1: what is in that
2: basically is it, it is what's uh, the protein that that is um the uh, lobster meat the imitation like imitation I- imitation um crab
1: uh uh-huh.
2: that's that's your protein okay so uh, go with the california roll and you you can't go wrong
1: you okay Right. Again, you are. This is the most passionate you are about any topic out there. You get really defensive.
5: Okay, um,
1: Wes. Uh, I heard that Golden Corral's coming back. I heard that too. <laughs> Wait, in town. I don't know about intent. is yes, it coming back in Greenville. Yes, it is. I have not been to a buffet since COVID struck, <laughs> but I have. Uh, they brought back my salad bar at Harris Teeter. Mm-hmm. I'm uh-huh. very yeah, excited about that. I remember that. you being a big fan of Huge that. Huge fan. At least once a week, I'll hit that up. So I'm happy mm-hmm. about that. But uh, you were able to find a lot of buffets, right? That's Even correct. during the pandemic. Yes. Yeah, as long as they were certified.
2: Yeah, that's correct.
1: Buffet certified. Mm-hmm. I love a buffet, man. Where where do you, Are there any around here you, uh, you don't have to say the name of it, but, like, where can I find a good buffet around here to hit up?
2: Do you like Chinese?
1: Man, you know who you're talking to? I love Chinese.
2: Okay, then um, the place to go is uh, right there on uh, Memorial Drive?
1: Uh, I know what you're talking about.
2: Okay.
1: Yeah, I've been to that one.
2: All right, then if you want to go to um, just a uh, a salad uh, bar, yeah, that's Ruby Tuesday. Oh, I've been I there too. I love oh, a Ruby Tuesday. I love I love, uh,
1: I love a salad bar.
2: Yes, and I know I mean, it's
1: just shocking uh, to people. And me
2: and, <laughs> wa- and me and my wife and me and my wife decided um, every other weekend we're going to go to go there because hey, that's a pr- that's a pretty good deal. Hey. Hey.
1: Hey. Yep. Good deal. Yep. All right, before we get out of here, with, uh Pirate Radio Podcast on the way, Troy D. 101 with Holden Aylers. You can download it yourself or listen to it coming up at 6 o'clock. And uh, we aired it yesterday for the first time. Holden talked about being the ECU quarterback, something he dreamed about doing uh, when he was a kid, and talked about that with Troy D.
8: I, I mean, honestly, man, it still doesn't even feel real. You know, people ask me that all the time, and I'm, you know, if I could just go back and tell my younger self that this is where I would be, I would. I don't even know what I would do. I'd probably pass out. Um, <laughs> what advice
9: would you give your younger self?
8: Just do the same thing you were doing because I mean, it's all worked out. Yeah. Because I mean, my younger self would want to be in the exact same shoes I'm in right now. Which yeah. It's kind of crazy to say and all that, but I mean, I, I've been very blessed. Um, you know, I mean, I clearly had, uh, you know, other opportunities to go elsewhere but you know i think this is where i'm meant to be and, and where i'm created to be
1: paul Naylor's there on the pirate radio podcast with troy d he also talked about his football goals troy asked about long-term football goals hold Naylor has a shorter term football goal in mind shoot
8: i don't know man you know i'm just my, my goal for this year that's the only thing i really have is just to, to get to a bowl game and get drafted you know that's the only two things i'm, I'm focused on right now you know i couldn't so many things that could happen in the football world um, in the future. I mean, NFL careers are, are really short, and you just never know with all that aspect. You know, I just hope to be successful in whatever I'm doing and being a good person and, and having a good family when that time comes. So, um, but yeah, this year, man, you know, all I can think about is just getting to a bowl game and getting drafted because if we get to a bowl game, that means I had a good year and, and had the opportunity to get drafted, so... Uh, you know, I think about getting to that bowl game every single day. That's all I really think about.
1: Wes, it's 2021. When do you think the last time ECU made a bowl game was? What year?
2: I would say probably 2000 and, we'll see, 2015, maybe. Close.
1: Man, you're you're very close. That year, ECU lost on a field goal the last week of the season mm. uh, to lose to Cincinnati, that put them at five and seven. The previous year, twenty fourteen, okay. okay, is when they win. But you're all over
4: it. If you want to be technical, that bowl game was played in January of twenty fifteen. So, Wes is correct.
1: Well done. You are correct. All right. You nailed it. Okay. Uh, that's a long drought, Wes Hans. Yes, it is. We gotta we gotta take care of that. We gotta change right. the script. And yeah. hopefully, we can do that in twenty twenty one. Well, Wes, uh, thanks for hanging out, working hard. Yeah. For you today. Oh! oh my God. Hmm. Oh, Lord. Whew. As I was saying, thanks for doing a great job yeah. today, Wes.
5: You <laughs> really nailed it.
1: Uh, knocked you off his seat there. Whew. All right. Uh, great work as always.
5: Yeah.
1: Chandler, good stuff. We'll see have you Have a great weekend, uh, Clipper. Thanks, man. See you Monday at 3 o'clock for an all new edition of Pirate Radio Live. Hope you find folks have a great weekend as well. For Wes Hines, Chandler Honeycutt, I am Cliff Brock. We'll see you Monday. So long,
5: everybody.
0: Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.